It's the Mixed Martial Arts Hour with The Mixed Martial Arts Hour back in your life on this Monday, August 8th, 2016. There I am. Hello again, everyone. I'm Mario Hawani back inside our New York City studio. Great to have you with us. Hope you had a nice weekend. I did. Thank you very much for asking. Uh, a relatively quiet weekend in the world of MMA in terms of news. Of course, there was an event in Salt Lake City, which featured a pretty solid main event between Yair Rodriguez and Alex Caceres. Rodriguez improving to 5-0 and inside the octagon. And if you ask me, they need to keep giving him sort of mid-tier fights, showcase him, but continue to build him up. Let him go 12-0. and That should be the thing with this guy. He's a big draw. He has a great future, a ton of potential. Maybe not quite there as far as the contenders are concerned. I know he has a pretty impressive winning streak, but I would build him up rather slowly um, and and keep giving him these kinds of fights. Uh, So that happened this weekend in wonderful Salt Lake City. And of note, this coming week, this is a rare UFC bye week. This weekend marks the only weekend in the next two months where there will not be any UFC events. Think about that. August 13th is UFC action free. August 20th, it's UFC 202. 27th, it's the Fox Show in Vancouver. Uh, The 3rd, it's Hamburg. The 10th of September, it's Cleveland. 17th is Hidalgo. 24th is Brasilia. October 1st is Portland. October 8th is Manchester. I'm not even reading this. I did that off the top of my head. Can you believe that? That impressed me. I didn't even plan that. I didn't write that down. There's nothing on my screen right now. Believe me. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's a rare off week, and uh, I think it's good for the UFC that they did this. I don't know if it was done on purpose, but it gives them now two weeks to build up UFC 202. Of course, that is headlined by Conor McGregor versus Nate Diaz. They did a conference call on Friday. We will talk about that later on in the show, but it, it's a good time to uh, to really ramp up and focus all of their energy on what is shaping up to be, obviously, the biggest show of the summer for them, and that is noteworthy and important uh, to bring up because this summer also featured UFC 200. Um, okay, I love this lineup. I'm so excited for today's show. I can't wait to get into it. Let's run down the lineup and get to our first guest. 405, we're going to be joined by Bubba Jenkins of Bellator fame. He returns to action August 26th, Bellator 160. He will be fighting Georgie Karkanian once again looking to avenge that loss. Bubba's got a lot on his chest, has been wanting to come on this show. I'm looking forward to talking to him. 305, we will talk to you. Answer your questions. Hit us up, as always, the MMA Hour on Twitter. Leave a question or comment in the comment section below. Uh, 245, we will talk to Mirko Krokop. Mirko Krokop, I've been wanting to have him back on the show for quite some time. Uh, He will join us at 245 to talk about coming out of retirement, fighting for... Ryzen and their upcoming open weight Grand Prix, all that stuff and more. 225, we'll talk to Benson Henderson. He'll be headlining that show on August 26th at the Pond in Anaheim against Patricio Pitbull. Pitbull moving up to 155. Uh, that card, of course, is Bellator 160 as well. Emil Mech of Norway fame will stop by 205 to talk about why his UFC debut on September 3rd has been delayed. 145, we're going to talk to Chris Weidman. Uh, He's got a lot of interesting things and exciting things going on and also 
get an update on his neck. And at 125, we'll talk to our good pal, Alistair Overeem, who is a little less than a month away from his big UFC heavyweight title fight against Stipe Miocic. But first, let us go to the phone lines and talk to a man that I've been dying to speak to for the last few weeks. The legendary Dan Henderson is on line one. Dan, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Ariel? I'm doing great. Thank you very much for the time today. Uh, Wow, so much to talk to you about. Um, And I kind of want to start in chronological order, if I can. Uh, You fight at 199 in June. What an amazing win. What an amazing moment it was when you defeated and knocked out Hector Lombard. And, And this is my question right off the bat. In the cage, surrounded by your family, on the mic, a little bit emotional, how much did you believe that that was your final fight in the, U- in the UFC? Was there a great chance in your mind in that moment that that could have been your final fight inside the octagon? Yeah, absolutely. I was. Uh, it all depend on what my options were afterwards as far as uh, employment goes. Um, you know, I, I was ready to, to kind of ha- have that one be my last fight, depending on... Um, like I said, what options I'd have, and and uh, for whatever reason, you know, the stars aligned, and and uh, the fans asked for for one more fight, I guess. And and that's a beautiful way of putting it. The stars aligned. Would you have been content going out like that? Would that have been good enough for you? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Especially uh, being able to go out. With a win, not necessarily on top, but with a win is always nice. But, uh, you know, to have an opportunity to actually go out on top was uh, would be much more uh, desirable, I guess. And when you say on top, you mean as champion, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in that moment, you know, right after that fight, as you're talking to the public and everyone's chanting your name, what a beautiful scene it was in Inglewood, did you have a new contract offer on the table from the UFC? No, not at all. I hadn't even spoken to him about anything yet. I just kind of wanted to finish my contract up and then, you know, have a talk with uh, Dana about, you know, either representing them in in some capacity outside of the cage, you know, and and working for the UFC. Um, That was what I was going to, kind of speak with them about, not necessarily about fighting again. Okay, so how long mm-hmm. after that win in early June at 199 do you sit down and talk to Dana about your future? Uh, I think it was a couple weeks later. They they called me and, uh, you know, wanted me to fight Bisming. <laughs> so do you not even talk about the role? You know, the they they call you and say, do you want to fight for the belt? Yeah, I mean, why wouldn't I do that instead? Of course. My body's feeling good, but yeah, I'm I'm ready to be done and done training and, and everything else uh, and focus on family, family and other things a little bit more. Um, so were you surprised that they came back with this offer? Uh, I don't know if I was surprised just because I, I saw... You know, on, on my social media and all over the place, that uh, how many fans wanted that fight, and you know, the UFC does listen to the fans sometimes. <laughs> um, and, and it didn't hurt, like I said, that that Michael Bisping wanted the fight also. 
I guess the amazing thing is like you've been so honest about this process, even dating back to Tampa Bay when the Machida fight fell out and said you were kind of getting ready to move on and you were looking for an offer in terms of being some sort of ambassador, etc. And then instead of being offered that, you're you're offered the ultimate. You're offered a shot to win the UFC belt. That's been the one accomplishment that has eluded your career. Uh, so that didn't take you by surprise at all that you're going into this conversation thinking, okay, you know, what are they going to offer me in terms of a job for the future or whatever? And then they come to you with this great, amazing deal that sort of came out of nowhere. That didn't surprise you? Um, not a whole lot, just because I've been watching on my social media and, and, and Bisbing's asking for that fight. And uh, I guess the first time they said, well, we're considering it, then I was pleasantly surprised and, <laughs> and, uh, you know, then then the offer came, and I was uh, more than happy to to take him up on their offer. Um, when Bisping won the belt that same night, did you start thinking that as well, even before the public? Uh, there's a there's a photo of you at the press conference, sort of looking at him from afar as he's getting up. Are you starting to think, wow, this could be my my shot at the belt? You know, this this could be it. He won. We have this rivalry. We have this history. I knocked him out. Did that come across your mind as well? No, not at all. I, I actually found it amusing because <laughs> right away people were, all my friends were texting me as soon as Bisping won that I should fight him again. I was like, no, you know, that wouldn't happen. I didn't think that that was a possibility. And, and it really didn't enter my mind that I'd have that opportunity. So, um, you know, and at the press conference, I was just amused at, at him and, and Luke going back and forth yeah. with each other. So it was, it was entertaining. So when you hear uh, your fellow fighters, fellow middleweights say, you know, how is the 13th ranked guy fighting for the belt? There's a part of you that kind of understands where they're coming from, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. For sure. And, and, and that's why I kind of made it clear. I, I never even asked for this fight. It was offered, and of course I'm going to take it. And, you know, it was more about what the fans was, were asking for. Um, you know, so it's, uh, like I said, it's something I didn't think was going to happen, and, and now it's it's happening, and, and I'm going to make sure I make the most of it. So did you sign just a one-fight deal now with UFC? Like, have you signed that new contract? No, it's, uh, there's more than one fight on there, um, but I, I'm only planning on fighting the one time. If you go in there um, in October, knock them out like you did the first time, you really are going to walk away? You're not going to want to stick around and, and do a few more as champion? No, it's, you know, why? <laughs> you know, it's it's pretty much the last goal that I had Um set for myself and and you know a couple of years ago as as I lost uh, a couple times here and there and, and wasn't having the best of luck you know I kind of figured that I wouldn't have that opportunity again but uh, I was still satisfied with what I've done with my career and, and satisfied you know with myself with not having that UFC belt you know, but it is the last one that uh, that I don't have. Have you have you told the UFC that you will retire if you win the belt on October eighth? Are, are they aware of that? 
Yeah, I told uh, yeah, I told them, and and I don't think Dana quite believes me, but <laughs> I have no desire to fight again after this one. Wow, that is amazing because you you know like just being around the fight game, it's very rare to see someone go out on top like that. If if they win the big one, they're gonna try to squeeze in a few more, make some more money, you know, be the man. Uh, it's almost, I mean, it's it's almost. Uh, I mean, it's it's the rarest. It's like the unicorn of of combat sports to see someone do that. You are the unicorn of combat sports if you pull this off. You, you don't think that there's going to be something in your body that says, "Wow, I just did this to the champ." How about I squeeze in a couple more? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe I'm sure that uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm definitely going to miss the competition. But you know, you have to understand. I've been competing my whole life, and and yeah. I've been on top, um, you know, more than once, and. and you know, kept fighting. So, it, like I said, it, it'll be nice to uh, have this opportunity to uh, finish in that way. And you mentioned that your body's, you know, obviously a little beat up. You've been doing this for a very long time. Um, do you feel like you have one more training camp in you? Because as you know, when guys start talking about retirement, they have a foot out the door. Sometimes the motivation isn't there. And I know you don't need motivation to punch Bisping in the face or try to win the belt. But do you think that this is going to be the next two months is it going to be a bit of a chore? Is it going to be tough for you and just getting your body going? Uh, well, it's always tough, you know, and the, I don't know the last, I don't know how many years it's, it's gotten tougher and, you know, but it is what it is. I, I just keep on going and, and, uh, yeah, I'm pretty disciplined when it comes to a lot of things with training and, and, you know where I'm where I'm lacking. I have somebody to yell at me and and get me going. So, you know, I've, I've you know made sure that I've <clears throat> focused on certain things. But uh, no, this isn't going to be any different than the last, the last training camp. Um, you know, it might be even easier knowing that there's a belt there and sure. and I get to attempt to shut Bisring's mouth up again. Um, and did you even? look around or have a cup of coffee with any other promotions out there, you know, test the waters, so to speak, once you, you finish that last fight in June? No, but I mean, they, they pretty much have all made it clear that uh, they want to have that conversation with me. But, you know, it was, uh, it, those conversations never happened. So I wasn't overly concerned about it. Right. Like I said, I was more concerned about uh yeah, trying to represent the UFC outside of the octagon. Uh, if you win the belt on October 8th and walk away, do you think that job, that particular role, will be waiting for you? Do you think that ups your chances of getting it? Have you even discussed that with them while you know discussing this new fight? No, I, think, I, I, kinda, I didn't get any type of commitment out of them for, for that, but uh, it's been discussed. So we'll see what happens. I, I don't think I'm, I'm concerned about it. Um, you know, but I, I would think that they would like to keep me around. <laughs> yeah, I would think, especially if you're the champion and, and, and go out on top. And and just to be clear, if you weren't offered the Bisping fight, if you were offered like a, a Weidman or a Romero, a Rockhold, I know your friends, that probably doesn't happen, but is, is the Bisping fight the only fight that made you want to come back? Any other fight, non-title fight, you're probably not fighting anymore? Uh... Well, with the exception of, you know, if I didn't get offered a job to not fight, um, then I probably would have 
you know, uh, entertained the idea of fighting uh, a couple more times. But yeah, I'm I'm pretty much uh, like I said, done and ready to ready to be done uh, mentally. Uh-huh. You know, and physically, like I said, I think my body could can handle another few years. But you know, I'm I'm ready to kind of move on. Um, but don't get me wrong that I'm going to be extremely motivated to make sure that I do well in this fight. Do you have any idea why they have yet to officially announce the fight or the card, the UFC that is? No, I have no idea. They haven't even given me an exact uh, date or, or place. Um, you know, I'm, I'm guessing it's just them trying to figure out the logistics of, um, the arena or what, wherever they're going to have the fight, uh, I think that that must be the holdup. Because usually, they, you know, if they know that they have a, an arena or something locked down in a date, they'll announce things right away. And, and you know, especially as much as this uh, has been talked about, and then, you know, Bisbing kind of announced it on his own, but uh, I still haven't been told, it, you know, that it's confirmed for, for Manchester. So, have you signed we'll a contract see. for it? Uh, yes, there's been about agreement that I signed. Uh, so, as you mentioned, Michael Bisping hosts a radio show on Sirius XM. It's called The Countdown. And on Thursday, he announced the fight himself. Uh, he said that it is happening in Manchester, October 8th. Uh, other outlets, including this one, uh, reported that the, the main event will happen at around like 4 or 5 a.m. to accommodate the North American pay-per-view times. How do you feel about that fighting locally at around four or five a.m.? Uh, yeah, it's not it's not the best scenario, but I've done it before a couple times. Um, I'm not sure about quite at four a.m., but you know, pretty early in the morning, two and three in the morning. But uh, I just when I get when I get somewhere like that, I just pretty much try and stay on. Um, my same time zone, California time that I, that I came from. And, and, you know, the, the fights are always aired at the same time here. So I might as well just try and stay on that time zone for at least the, the, the time that I'm there before the fight. Right. Um, yeah. I wonder if the media obligations will mess that up, but that certainly seems like uh, the yeah, right. Usually, usually that's the only uh, t- tough part is, is having media obligations earlier in the morning where I'm not, you know, where I'm trying to sleep. Um, so Bisping said this uh, about you, and I just want to get your reaction. This is a quick clip from that um, that announcement of his on his own radio show on Thursday. If you don't mind, I'll play you the 20-second clip, and then I uh, just want to get your response, okay? Lightning right. does not strike is. twice, okay? It struck once in the first time. It will not strike twice. There will be no TRT, no drugs, no steroids, no performance-enhancing drugs. Dan Henderson, I challenge you to announce to me at the press conference that you will not take any performance-enhancing drugs, that if you saw to show up on any day, any time, they can test you because I think he's going to cheat. I think he's going to go out there and have some sneaky PEDs. because he's going to think, well, screw it. If I get suspended, so what? I'm retiring anyway. So that was courtesy of uh, the countdown on SiriusXM. Michael Bisping talking about you, Dan Henderson. What's your response to those comments? Uh, it just makes me chuckle. <laughs> was yeah, that you I, laughing, or, or laughing, or, or the host? I couldn't tell. No, that was me. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you know, it was. It's uh, you know something, and you know that I've been asking for this type of testing for 
I don't know how many years yeah. now, and and they finally did it, and and uh, yeah, I've never tested positive for anything, and and you know, yes, I was taking TRT for a while, but before I even did that, I made sure the athletic commission approved it before, and and, and even then, it was it was a tough consideration for me, and and I just took the you know the advice of my doctor saying you know it would be good for me to get on it, and listen, I was. I, I didn't have a problem getting off of it and moved on just the same because I was barely taking any. I wasn't abusing anything like some of these other guys that, you know, have noticeable differences in their body. Mm-hmm. You know, I look the same now as when I did when I was on it. You know, I, was, I wasn't taking very much, and it was just enough to stay within normal limits. So, you know, um, you know and I have no problem doing any type of drug testing, never have any. I'm I'm the only one that's been asking for it, for that kind of testing. You know, I, I didn't see him asking for that. Does, does, does it piss you off at all when he says these things? Like you're trying to avoid it? No, it just, it, it amuses me and it makes him look ignorant. Uh-huh. Um, wh- what do you think the, uh, the reception will be like over there in Manchester, if it is in Manchester? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I'm... I'm pretty sure I have a few uh, fans from the UK that'll be there. Um, yeah, I don't know how many times I've heard from people that say, you know, I'm from England and, and I'm so glad you you knocked him out. I don't like him. He doesn't. He's arrogant. He's this. He's that. And and uh, so I'm thinking I might have a few fans over there. I'm sure he will have the majority of them, but. Uh, yeah, I'm not real worried about it. Yeah, you know, I just need to make sure I get the job done inside the cage and not worry about what's going on outside. I know you're looking forward to the fight, but are you a little bit dreading the the two month process of having to go back and forth with him, doing the press conference, all that stuff? Uh, you you went through this on the Ultimate Fighter UFC 100 six years ago, seven years ago now. Like, is is that the worst part of this scenario for you? No, it is what it is. It doesn't bother me at all. It's, you know, it may, like I said, it'll make me chuckle a few few extra times, and that's about it, you know. It, yeah. I don't feed into that very much, and uh, it doesn't it doesn't irritate me or piss me off at all. I just kind of get amused. I, I know what the truth is in, 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 my, in myself, and, and uh, you know, and that's pretty much all that matters. I don't really care what Michael thinks. Are, are are you shocked? Honestly, are, is it like a little bit surreal that Michael Bisping is the UFC champion in 2016? Does this does this not compute for you? Uh, yeah, I definitely was shocked that uh, that he won the belt and knocked out you know Luke Rockhold. It was uh, I think the whole world was kind of shocked. Um, you know, I was I was surprised that that. Because he's not a, Michael Bisping's not known for for knocking people out. He's known for you know a lot of TKOs, just wearing people out and, and picking them apart. And uh, you know, so I was I was surprised that he he won in the way that he did. Yeah, uh, he seems to take exception with the logo, your logo of the flying you know the the flying punch when he was out, which was taken from that uh, that famous scene. What what is your response to that? I don't know if he's more offended that he's not in the logo or <laughs> what. I don't know 
you know, he, like I said, he's not even in there, so why would he get offended? Okay. Um, I think he seems to be you know, upset that you're... I can add him, I can add him back in there. <laughs> Was he ever in there little... in the early version? No. No, not at all. I mean, I can add a little chalk line version of him. Okay. <laughs> um, two last quick things. What is your message to the other middleweights in you know your division, the contenders, um, who have been complaining about you getting this title mm-hmm. shot? Is there anything that you would say to them? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's really nothing I can say. It is what it is, and and you know they they can complain to the fans. Uh, I didn't ask for this fight, obviously. When offered, I, I will absolutely take it. Sure. Especially knowing it's my, my last fight. And, and you know, and, and being that it's my last fight, really it doesn't disrupt anything in, in in the whole scheme of things with, you know, win or lose, they can still have Bisping back when I'm done with them. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, since that was such a, you know, it, it was such a memorable finish on such a big stage, is there any pressure to top that, to replicate it, to do something even more spectacular than, you know, the first time that you guys met seven years ago? No, I mean, there's absolutely nothing I can do to make that a better, a better finish than it was the first time. Yeah. I've known that for years. I mean, there's no way I can do it better than I did the first time. Um, you know, at this point I'd be happy with any type of win. Uh, not saying I'm not going to be trying to do it again, but, uh, you know, it, it that was hard to, hard to beat, and that's going to be there forever. I mean, there's nothing that win or lose that that Michael can do to to change the fact that that'll be one of the best knockouts ever. Uh, sorry, one last quick one. Do you think he is better from the time you guys fought seven years ago? Would you say he has improved a lot since then as a fighter? Yeah, I think uh, we all we all have, you know, the, the guys that are serious about it. And Michael definitely puts in the time in the gym, and and you can tell that by his improvements and 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 his conditioning. You know, he's always in shape and ready to go, and and uh, he goes out there and fights, and and he does a good job doing it. And he's definitely improved. Okay, fair enough. Uh, appreciate the time, Dan. Thank you so much. Uh, congrats on getting the fight and sticking around for one more and. And good luck uh, leading up to it in training camp and, of course, on October 8th. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Ariel. All right. There he is, Dan Henderson. Uh, what a story this is. I mean, how, how unique is this story? Uh, he is open. That's one thing I've always loved about Dan. As honest as they come when it comes to the state of his career. He was honest when talking about, you know, the contract negotiations. Uh, he was honest when talking about Leo Machida back in April. Um, and, and honest now saying... If I win on October 8th, and yes, they have yet to officially announce it, but if I win, I'm going to walk away. What a unique scenario. And it tells you, and by the way, just to dispel one story out there, I mean, he said it himself, he did not ask for it. And I believe that. Um, From all the conversations that I've had, Bisping never asked for it as well. It's really a UFC idea, and you can understand why it's a, it's a money-making idea, and we've talked ad nauseum about what it means for the belt and what it means for the other contenders, um, but this was really an idea that the UFC came up with and said, okay, let's capitalize on this. Let's capitalize on Michael Bisping, UFC champion. 
So this idea, and, and I and I've asked him it point blank, like you know, why are you picking a fight as champion with the 13th ranked guy? I know you have that history. I know you have that beef. I know it's very real. I know you've wanted the fight, but is this the right time? And and I've been told from Bisping and his people that, look, this isn't something that we campaigned for or asked for. Of course, they're not going to turn it down. This is what they want. They're going to take it. But this really was presented to them. This was brought to their attention. And I think that's very important to note. So hopefully that gets officially announced sooner rather than later. Um, October 8th, Manchester. The interesting thing is what kind of a turnout will they have? Because they are, you know, they are going to sell a lot of tickets in that arena. Important to note that... Important to note that Michael Bisping uh, is from Manchester. So you know that he is going to sell a lot of tickets. You know that he is going to be a draw. You know a lot of people are going to be interested in seeing him defend the title for the very first time. But are they going to want to stay up till 4 or 5 a.m. to watch the fight live? Forget about on television. I'm talking about in person. Because if the main event is supposed to go down at around 4 or 5 a.m., that means that the main car, uh, the, 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 the actual card itself is going to start at around like 11, something like that, if my math is correct. I mean, forget about the little kids. How are the grown men going to stay up? I suspect that they'll figure out a way. Um, I was in Sweden in Stockholm for that UFC on Fox event headlined by Alexander Gustafsson versus Anthony Johnson. And it wasn't quite 4 a.m. It was around 2 or 3 if memory serves me correct, that the fight actually happened. And it was pretty it was pretty packed. It wasn't quite a sell, but there was around 30,000 people there. And the worst part about that one was it ended on such a sour note with Gustafson getting knocked out brutally by Anthony Johnson. Everyone left in a very depressed state. It was kind of weird. It would have been better had he won 3, 4 a.m. Everyone goes home happy. Now they feel like crap that they stayed up so late and they just saw their hero get KO'd. That card is shaping up to be a pretty good one. Um, We reported last week, well, two weeks ago, we reported uh, Gegard Musasi versus Vitor Belfort. Uh, Last week, we reported Jimmy Manoa versus Ovin St. Prue, Rashid, Ruslan, excuse me, Magomedov versus Stefan Struve. Um, I think that there are some others as well. But what, a, what an interesting scenario. If Henderson retires after winning the belt, now we have a situation where the belt is vacated. And, you know, maybe that impacts the MSG show. If you've got, you know, if you've got Chris Weidman fighting on that show, um, potentially against a Luke Rockhold if you've got Yoel Romero fighting on that show. And they do some sort of tournament to crown a new champion or a number one contender. Imagine if Dan Henderson wins the belt. Imagine if Dan Henderson wins the belt, vacates the title, and then they make, I don't know, 
Rockhold versus Weidman at MSG for the the new the new championship. You know, the new champion. That now becomes for the belt. I, you know, could you imagine something that, that that would be kind of I mean, I guess that would add to the allure of that card, but a very unique situation because most guys aren't that honest about the state of their career and saying that, hey, I'm going to walk away upon winning the belt, thus vacating the title and leaving this mess of a situation. It's not the worst, but certainly very unique. Makes for a great story. Definitely makes for a great story saying, hey, I'm going to walk away. Win or lose. That is going to be a big part of this promotion. That's going to be a big part of, you know, the countdown show, everything. All the interviews are going to be talking about this. I mean, when I can't even recall someone fighting for the belt in MMA in the UFC to be exact and saying, win or lose, I'm walking away. How freaking unique is that? Different. Um, Okay, so in a couple of minutes, uh, I think we're going to be joined by Chris Weidman. Alistair Overeem, I guess, is playing a little bit hard to get. He's playing hard to get. Uh, and then everything will go back to normal. So we'll get an update from Chris Weidman on his next situation. Uh, Overeem, of course, headlining UFC 203, September 10th in Cleveland, Ohio. Wanted to talk to Dan about the Olympics, which kicked off, I guess, in full Saturday, opening ceremonies on Friday, but we ran out of time there. Had I known Overeem was going to go MIA on us, I probably would have stretched it a little bit. But um, they have been enjoyable, our own Guilherme Cruz reporting the heck out of him, doing a great job, right? Covering the combat sports and all that. Uh, I love the Olympics. I am a sucker for the Olympics. I know that they are very controversial. I know that they are very polarizing. I know a lot of people get all worked up about them and rightfully so. And I do think that over time, they need to adjust where they put the Olympics, how they construct the Olympics, how they decide where it's going to be held trying to put, you know, a fresh coat of paint on some cities that, you know, just aren't equipped to host such, I mean, I come from a city, Montreal, which needed like, I think it was 30 to 35 years to pay off the stadium that they built for the 1976 Olympics, which became somewhat of an albatross. But the, the citizens of Montreal had to pay in taxes for that stadium well, well after the Olympics came to town. And so this is something that we've seen in in many other cities. Stadiums are being built, never used again. We see this with the World Cup. Interesting that they go back to Rio after the World Cup was just there as well. But if you put all that aside and you just actually watch the the games and take them for what they are, uh, these athletes who do not get paid a lot, you know, training, working, dedicating their lives for four years for sometimes seconds of glory, walking away with a medal. It's always, I always think about what Ronda Rousey had to say about her Olympic experience and what she was left with afterwards. Of course, she was left with a bronze medal, but not much else. So those thoughts are always in my mind when thinking about the Olympics. But when you're actually sitting down and just watching them, it is a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, especially when you're someone who happens to work from home as well, because you can have it on in the background and all of a sudden get into, um, you know, China versus Croatia ping pong. 
that stuff's amazing. When would I ever watch that? But for some reason, I get into it. I can't get enough. My only complaint about it is I always find it hard to really know what is going on, what is live, what happened. I mean, I know there's a little bug up there that says that it's live and, 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 and you know, if it's not there, I assume that it is taped. But I never know what's coming up, who's racing, who's competing. It's all very confusing. I have DirecTV and they have a great channel that shows you all the channels, you know, all, all the, the Olympic channels, Bravo, USA, NBCSN, NBC. There's a soccer channel. There's a basketball channel. I have all of those things, but I don't really know what, you know, I, it's just, it's just all very, it's all very overwhelming. But when I'm actually watching it and I, I love the basketball, but I try not to watch the basketball too much because I can see Kevin Durant and Carmelo, Clay Thompson, Boogie Cousins. I could see these people throughout the year. I actually kind of prefer watching the unknown people, the unheralded stars compete and do their thing and learn more about them. I don't know. I really enjoy that. So I look forward to it for the next two weeks. Dan, I, I say this, of course, because Dan Henderson competed in the Olympic Games. Uh, Daniel Cormier as well. Many others. Okay. Uh, let's move along. Since we're talking about the middleweight division, I think it is apropos that we bring in our next guest, get his thoughts on the situation, get an update on him. Um, he is the former UFC middleweight champion, recently underwent neck surgery, shooting for a return at the Mecca, Madison Square Garden, November 12th, the UFC's first show. He's done a lot of campaigning, a lot of work to get New York to legalize, and it is almost here. I believe we have Chris Weidman on line one. Chris, are you there? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm here. I never actually asked you if you were good or not. I just said, are you there? But I'm happy to hear that you're good. Well, I couldn't stop thinking about you use the word apropos. I, I, I was trying to figure that, figure <laughs> that one out. So that's why. It's a big yeah, one. You threw me off. That's um, a good one, man. You definitely just checked it out in the dictionary recently, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so are you, are you at a farm right now? I am at a farm. What kind of farm? Old White Post Farms. Basically, it's got, you know got like a petting zoo got some water water slide park stuff and uh a bunch of cows and deer and stuff for the kids to like look at it's a kid wow environments got some fresh food good um so i appreciate you squeezing us in while you're while you're doing this on a monday what a life that is to just go out to the farm on a monday afternoon uh by the way do you do you <laughs> echo my sentiments on the Olympics, I don't know how much you heard of them, but do you enjoy them as well as a wrestler and an athlete your entire life? Do you enjoy watching the Olympics? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I, has wrestling started yet? No, it hasn't. But just, you know, appreciating what... Uh, oh, man, yeah. I, I, man, I, I think wrestling is, uh, you know, one of the best sports in the world. And, uh, and I, I just saw... I was just in, gro in a grocery store. I put a post up and... Um, I was I was taking all my all the food out of the basket, putting it in the car, and next thing you know, I, I'm looking at Jordan Burroughs in the face. Uh, he did a I guess he's sponsored by Chobani, the yogurt company, mm -hmm. and it's just awesome to see that they're getting some love now, and um, because they deserve it. Those guys are so tough and, and work so hard, and so absolutely, I'll be watching them and supporting them. Okay, so let me ask you about uh, your health situation first. Uh, you recently underwent neck surgery. You spoke to us right before the neck surgery. Can you tell us which one you opted for? Because at, at the time, you were sort of weighing several options. 
Yeah, so I went for the uh, most non-invasive one. It was uh, lamendectomy. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't uh, said that word in a while, so I could be wrong on that. But basically, it's real non-invasive. They just go through the front of my neck, um, and they scoop out the herniation with like this special tool, and then they stitch me back up, and they're out of there. Um, it's almost like a, almost like going into doing a knee scope. Uh, and I woke up feeling so much better. Um, my strength was back. I was down to like doing a push up towards the end. You know, I could get one push up, and it was a struggle. So um, right out of surgery, I felt so much better. Uh, and then the pain was finally gone. It was so much pain I was going through for a while there. So um, I just feel uh, rejuvenated and excited about training again. Um, and and as far as limitations now, <clears throat> with the neck, with your body, what, what are you feeling? What can't you do? I could do anything. Uh, wow. So six weeks out, I got a, uh, went back to the doctor, and he completely cleared me for everything. So that was about, I guess, three, four weeks ago. Okay. I've been completely cleared to do anything, but I still I'm, I'm, I'm taking it slow. I'm not, I'm not doing any hard sparring yet. I'm not doing hard wrestling yet, even though I'm allowed to. I'm just, I just feel like there's no reason to. So I'm focused on drilling and just getting better. Um, just trying to enjoy it. Now you mentioned that your goal was to return November 12th in MSG. Obviously, is that still the case? <clears throat> Yep, yep. November twelfth, I'll be back. No idea who I'm fighting yet, but uh, I will be there. Uh, so we just had Dan Henderson on the show, and as you know, uh, he is getting the next title shot. How do you feel about that? Um, I think it's I think it's kind of stupid, but I also don't like complaining about something that's already done. You know, it is what it is, and uh, because it's our done deal, you focus on the facts and the fact, you know, it's, it's, it's a cool kid. It's a cool thing for Dan Henderson. He's 46 years old and <clears throat> he has a chance to, to retire, uh, winning the belt. So, you know, you gotta be happy for him. You know, I can't complain too much. It, you know, I, I, I was complaining when it mattered because I, I, I just didn't think he deserves a shot at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just sets a precedent, um, for the future of the sport. That is not good. You know, that it kind of takes away from working your way to uh, fighting for a title. Um, you know, I could go through you know, his stats and, you know, his losses he's had recently. And, and I just don't think he deserves it. I you know, he, I don't think he could argue that he deserves it, but he's getting it. And um, so, just, you know, all the best to him. Uh, he just told us that win or lose, if he wins the belt, he swears he will retire. He's going to walk away as champion, vacate the title, and he sort of understands why people like you are upset. Like, he did not ask for this. He didn't see it coming. It, you know, it sort of fell in his lap. Do you believe him when he says that he will walk away if he becomes the champion in October? <clears throat> well, you know what? It would be, that would be a gracious way to end his career. I mean, he's one of my favorite fighters of all time, even though I've kind of crushed his, his last couple of years in, in what he's, uh, and, and like his fight that he's lost just because I don't think he deserved the shot of the belt, but he really has accomplished so much in the sport over the years. And, uh, for him to end up being a champion and retire that way, would be amazing. But I see it hard for him. I, I still don't hundred percent believe that's going to happen that way. If he does win, which I think there's a good chance he does. Um, I just think you have to realize when you become champion, you have more opportunities and you get that your next fight will be, you know, for pay review points. And that's when you make the real money. So for him, to retire on top and knowing that he can make millions of dollars his next fight would be hard to see yeah. actually play out. Um, I could see him, even if he thinks he's going to lose or whatever his, whether his body hurts or not, I can't, I can't see him turning down a, a million to a couple million dollar payday. 
so you actually favor him in the fight? You think he's got a great shot? I think he has a shot. I think he has a great shot. I wouldn't say he's favored to win. Um, but I'd say um, he has a, the same shot he had to knock it out of his being as he uh, did the first time. Yeah, I, I don't think much has changed. Does it does it kind of bother you that they would book this fight knowing that he is going to walk away? Like in in short, it's like what's the point then? You book title fights to crown a champion and have him defend the belt and you know do his thing. If you know that if he's telling you, which he has, the, this you being the UFC that he's going to walk away, does that does that you feel like that in some way devalues the belt? Like what what this feels more like a prop more than you know an actual championship that you're now going to defend as champion. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, I mean, but what are you going to do? I'm not going to sulk about it. I'm, I, I believe I'm the best in the world, and um, no matter who I have to fight to prove that, I will. And so that's really my mindset. My mindset, my mindset, my mindset has shifted that to that, and uh, I'm just sticking with that. Um, does it still feel surreal that Michael is the champion? I, I'm sure as the former champion, you sort of still view the belt as yours. Does it still feel weird to see him with that belt and being called champion, etc.? Definitely. Very weird. <laughs> would you say... It'll be, it'll be, it would have been... I mean, there's a chance he's beating Dan Anderson, but I don't think there's much of a chance he's beating anybody else in top five. But um, he has a chance to, to, win in, to win and hold the belt again. So... It's definitely surreal to to walk around and people ask who the weight who the champion is in my weight class. And I'd say Michael Fisner. It's a little embarrassing, but it's the way the way it goes. Why embarrassing? I, I just don't honestly, man. All power to him. He went out there on short notice and and uh, and beat Luke Rockhold and knocked him out in the first round. All power to him. But I just don't think he is the best champion we've seen. You know, he's not like a I, I never thought he was championship material, to be honest with you. I, I don't, it was far-fetched for him to get a title shot ever again. Uh, he happened to be in the right place, long t- uh, right, right place, right time when I got injured, and he happened to have an opportunity to step up and fight for the belt, and he made it work. But uh, before that, he was in the UFC for how long? He never even fought for the belt. So uh, for now, for him to fight for the belt and become champion out of nowhere is definitely a, a weird thing to soak in. Are you a little bit mad at Luke? That he did this? No. I'm not mad at anybody. Okay. Sure, he went out there to win and he lost. Right. Um, It's a fight game. Yes. So, has anyone even reached, like, was was there ever a chance that you were going to be the next? Because you brought up a great point when he said that he was going to defend the title first against you and you were supposed to fight for the belt, all that. Was that ever in discussion at all from your perspective or were you never in the running? I don't really know, man. Uh, I thought I was in the running. I wasn't hearing much from the UFC. If you remember, it's been a weird time, I think, with the UFC, them selling and everything. Uh, I wasn't having the communication that I was used to having with the UFC. Things changed a little bit. And so I didn't really know what was going on. I felt like I deserved it. I felt like it would make sense for me to fight the title. Um, you know, rankings, Luke just got knocked out by him, and I'm next in line. So shout out as a four-time UFC champion. I've only lost once. So I thought it made sense. And I'm in the prime of my career. So I always thought it made sense to give me a shot to get that belt back. You know, you got, you got Bisping, who's at the end of his career, who just had a, uh, you know, the best win of his career. But it's definitely his time is dwindling down. 
And I just think it would have made sense for, for the belt to come back to my hands. But I'll, wait a, I'll have to wait a little bit. Have there been any talks about who you'll fight? I mean, I'm assuming you're going to fight MSG. That's what you want. You've done all that work. It's a natural. Any talks at all about who you might fight? Nope. I haven't heard a word. I've reached out. haven't heard anything. Huh. I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I, I'd like to have the biggest fight I could possibly have at Madison Square Garden. It's been a dream of mine to fight at MSG. I would like a fight that everybody's getting exciting, excited about. Um, and you know, a fight everybody really wants to see. And I don't really know who who gives that to me. Um, I, would, I think the redemption on Luke Rockhold would probably be the biggest in my eyes. And so I, I think the fight I want, um, and you have Jock Ray, you have Yo Romero, uh, and you have you know some of the other old-timers with the big names, Anderson Silva and other guys like that. And I don't know... I don't know who it's going to be. Honestly, I'm just kind of playing the UFC hands, whoever they decide to give me, give me. But if I had to probably pick, it would be Luke because, uh, you know, I want that. I think we're the two best in the division, and I would like to fight the best guy, and especially the guy who beat me. And I want to I want to get that one back. So that's especially in front of uh, in front of uh, uh, home crowd in MSG, that would be, uh, be a great one. And would you be okay with that not being a main event, meaning not a five-round fight? Do you like that? I'm not a... Um, you know, obviously, I when I always visualized me fighting MSG, I was champion and defending my belt uh, and definitely main event. But things have changed. So I, I don't expect... I'm not expecting anything. You know, I, I, would, I would love to be the main event. That's what I would want to want to happen but i don't know what's gonna happen it depends okay so top choice is luke rockle getting that rematch there is a chance have you thought about this talk about turning a negative into a positive D- dan hendo wins on october 8th sticks to his word walks away retires vacates the title if you're booked against rockhold i could see them making you versus rockhold for the belt right away right yeah yep so uh yeah i think that would be pretty cool so yeah, that that work out good. <laughs> so hopefully, hopefully they make me and Luke. I think that makes perfect sense. So, but I'm wondering who you're rooting for though, because are you rooting for Hendo so that scenario plays out, or do you? I mean, I think you versus Bisping is a big money fight. You have a history. Are you rooting for him to keep the titles that you can get your hands on him? Who will you be rooting for? Uh, it doesn't matter. Bisping, Bisping will run from me as much as he possibly can, and. Um, and Dan Henderson, possibly, you know, could retire. I, I, I really don't. I really don't want to wish bad on anybody. Like, I, I hope this guy gets killed or, or beat. I really don't care either way. Either way, um, I just got to keep winning, and uh, I'll have that strap back and have these big fights. Okay. Either way, so. Um, and and just curious, have you told the UFC that you want the Rockhold fight? Like, do you know how they feel about that? Um, no, I haven't had contact with them. I, I mean, I texted, I texted, I, I put some texts out there. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't, I haven't heard anything back. I don't know if things have changed, you know, with the with new ownership and anything. I really don't know what's going on with the new ownership, to be honest with you, uh, and what changes have came about. You know, like, like the, usually, like, if you, if you were working for a company, a big corporation, and you were an employee for them, um, which I guess we're not really employees, yes. so I guess maybe that's the difference. <laughs> but uh, but if, if a co- big corporation came and bought and bought that corporation, took it over, usually the new people that came in would probably 
have a huge meeting with everybody who works with them and say, these are the new changes. These, these are the people. Maybe we want to lay some people off. Maybe we want to bring more people in. Uh, this is a new mission statement for the company and how we want to grow it differently. Uh, I haven't heard anything. Nothing is nothing. I don't, I don't know what the goals for them are. Uh, and I don't think anybody knows. I don't know what changes, what, what doesn't. So, so a little bit of a weird time, I think, right now with the UFC. Yeah, from what I heard that they, they did have one of those meetings the day it was announced with the actual employees of Zufa. But I guess since you guys are independent contractors, um, you got an email or something, but not much more than that. You've done some work with WME. Maybe you'll, you'll be in a good spot. Have you, have you inquired about that? I can inquire about my inside source, <laughs> my inside uh, source, uh, the things that are going to come good out of it. I'm just having inside connections. Can't tell you that. All right. Well, I'm sure. No, I'm just kidding. I don't think nothing. I don't think anything comes from from that. It did get you backstage at WWE, though, right? You got to meet John Cena, Sheamus. That wasn't through them. That just that was actually through my Instagram. That was kind of interesting how that played out, but it was cool. What do you mean? That was awesome. I put on my Instagram that uh, that I would love to, you know, have my son meet John Cena and this and that. Like, it would be awesome. But the people I was with who work at MSG, like, you know, WWE security is really tough right now. It's going to be hard to get backstage. And I'm like, ah, it sucks. So I don't ever really use any connections I have for anything for myself. But now it's like an opportunity to really make my kid happy. Yeah. Which I've never really been in that situation before. He's finally at the age where he loves something. And... I possibly could have connections to get him to meet these people that he's kind of like obsessed with right now. So <laughs> I, I pulled every string I had within like an hour and somehow I, someone got in touch with my gym manager, like actually my gym out here in Long Island and had them call me and then they got me, someone got me backstage, man. But I, it was awesome, man. It was like a dream come true to have my son meet people he's like in awe of. Yeah. It was really, it was really fun, man. It was really a great experience. Yeah, your son, he, he just got a Seamus haircut. He's he's that big of a fan? Uh, he is. Like, literally a year ago, all he did was talk about me. It was perfect. He talked about me at UFC, but, all, but mainly it was just his dad is the best and it could beat up everybody. And then he goes to his cousin's house one day, and I guess he watched some WWE, and, and uh, specifically John Cena, and he just became obsessed with them. And next thing I know, he's telling me John Cena could beat me up, and I'm like, no, you're wrong like arguing with him and now I just kind of gave up and realized that right, he likes these people better than me. I got to get deal. I got to deal with it and support him. But, uh, it, it's, it's definitely a cool thing. Um, and so, so your son is like, like, is he watching Monday night Ron? You, you let him stay up to watch that stuff or do you just do it in doses? No, no, no. He's more like on his iPad, YouTubing, okay. YouTubing stuff. Like I just brought like WWE and type in John Cena and his Royal Rumble matches. He watches it. It's unbelievable how he, he remembers every, all these guys' names. He knows everybody. Yeah, yeah. Man, I'm four years old now. That is crazy. I have a four-year-old. He doesn't know anything about that stuff. Um, probably wouldn't show it to him, but that's a different You're story. You're a better parent than me, I guess. Yeah, huh? I guess, um, right? Put me down. You want to no. let your son watch that? No. No? I'm not. Uh, I mean, to be honest, the is WWE the world. thing or the violence? They're not, very, they're not very happy with me, the WWE world right now. Um, but uh, in general, the more I've grown up, look, WWE is uh is a big part about you know why i do this like it, it i was a wwe fan wrestling fan before i was an mma fan mm-hmm. and i think that there's a connection but the more i learn about yeah. the sport and the way the they they conduct themselves backstage and the injury I, I just i feel a little i feel a little weird about it the more i've been exposed to it eh, not the sports sports entertainment you know what i mean 
So would you let your son ever watch it, or is it just like a certain age? Uh, no, I, look, if he if he if he gets into it, I'm not going to stop him. That would be incredibly hypocritical. I just don't like what I've seen out of it over the last few years. Gotcha. So you're not you're not going to be going to a WWE show and bringing him uh, and introducing him to it on his uh, through you. If he goes, I'll support him. I'll have fun. I will let him enjoy it. Um, my dad used to get so pissed when I used to watch it, and I don't want to do that to him. Um, so I'm not going to go out of my way. I'm just going to let if he if he discovers it through his friends, like he's discovered everything else, like uh, Power Rangers or PJ Masks, things like that. All power to him. But I'm not going to be like, hey, let's sit down and watch this because I just I feel a little I don't know. But yeah, I feel like that's I a, hear you. I wouldn't have. I, I was not letting my son watch WWE in my house. I still don't know if I'm going to let him. I still have like a weird thing with it, but it's it's happening through like you know the iPad and everything like that. And I did bring him to an event, so um, I, I asked somebody else who's pretty conservative parents, and they don't let their kids watch UFC. And I, I let my kids watch UFC only because I'm always with them. This is what their dad does, and I can explain everything to them. Make sure I make it very clear: you can't do this to other people, and I, I just make it very clear, like. And this doesn't mean that my kids are going to be innocent for the rest of their lives. I, I hope they don't ever do anything to anybody. But um, so far, it's working out. But yeah. my daughter is like a little angel when she's six years old. So she's not going to be hitting anybody. But my son could be a problem in a year or two. <laughs> so I, gotta, uh, <laughs> I have to be really careful with him. Uh, by the way, uh, your son versus Frankie Edgar's son. I saw that on Embedded. Who wins? Like right yeah. now, if you, guys, if, you, if you let them wrestle, real match, who wins? Ah, oh, Frankie's son smokes my son. He's 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 like two and a half years older, but they're the same size, so they look like they're the same age. But my son's four, his son's like six and a half, so it's uh, it's unfair, but it's great for my son. My, and and I'm so happy because when my son first started, like kind of, met, I wouldn't even say he wrestles at this point. Uh, like he's not like taking classes and he's not taking it serious, but he loves to wrestle like with his friends. When friends, when kids come over, his cousins come over, he just loves to wrestle. You know, we don't take it's nothing serious. Uh, but Frankie's kid, I think, actually, he takes classes and stuff with Frankie. He's really good. But I was just happy because my son, when he first started kind of wrestling around, if he lost, he would cry and mope oh. around, and I hated it. And now, finally, like, he's on his back, and he's still smiling. I, I, I love it like this. The, the key, I think, for kids, especially at this age, is just have fun. If they're not having fun, you got to get them out of there because they're going to end up hating the sport, hating you. I've seen it happen too many times with, with kids. So, um I just, I just going to support him with every, everything he wants to do. If he, if he starts something, he has to finish it. But the main thing is he has to, he has to be having fun. Otherwise, he's, he's out of it. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna push him in anything. Yeah, yeah, that is beautiful. That's great parenting. Right, right now, there. right now, at the age of four, he loves fighting, which obviously I love secretly inside. <laughs> and then he loves wrestling, and I love that as well. And uh, and I get super into it because I love it. But I have to be careful because. I don't want to show that much passion sure. for him doing it because that could kind of kind of turn him the other way. He could see how much I love it, and then he's gonna you know go the other way. You know how that works with yes. relationships. So it's a, there's a fine line with parenting, and you'll never get it right, but you try. We could do a whole interview just on parenting, and I would love it. Maybe just you and I. Yeah. Um, yeah no one else is gonna <laughs> like it. But. Let me ask you about this before I let you go, because I don't want to take away more time from your family. Um, you're doing something very cool with Cage Hero comic book. We've, oh, I'm we've, good, man. Take your take your time, man. Look at you. Um, Am I boring? No, no. I just you know you're at the you're at the farm. <laughs> uh, what's going on with Cage Hero? What what uh, role are you uh, are you in with them? Do you have with them? 
Um, I would say I'm a, a spokesperson for them. I'm, I own it. Uh, I'm a part owner of it, and uh, it's real exciting stuff. You know, I wanted to do something a little bit outside of fighting uh, on the business side, and this felt like it was a perfect fit with me, me having kids. And this is so it's a a cage here. It was like you know, started with comic books, uh, but eventually, and then it just came out the novel, and it's, it's eventually going to go to merchandise and you know, action figures and, and different things like that. Uh, and I think it really could blow up. Um, I think it's a really cool concept. Um, the the owners of the Ninja, or the creators of the Ninja Turtles, they're on board with it. So they endorse this now, and they have all their connections that they have through Ninja through everything they've done with the Ninja Turtles. So hopefully, we could follow suit with what Ninja Turtles uh, did and um, just continue on that path and be the new generation of uh, Ninja Turtles being Cage Hero. So I'm excited about it. So where can people buy? I see them on Amazon. Where can people buy these on Amazon? They're, or is... they're, it's actually so uh, the novels in Barnes and Nobles now. Oh wow! Um, and you could and uh, all the comic books. I know you definitely get on Amazon. Um, and I believe there's other places, but Amazon's always a good one. Now, are you doing any writing, any illustrations, or are you just promoting them? Um, I'm involved. I'm like you know I'm involved with kind of the direction of the company. Okay. Um. But more, I, I'm not. I'm not sticking my nose in and trying to be a, like a writer for them. But I'll, 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 as this starts developing, it's in the beginning stages. As it starts developing more, I'll definitely uh, have more influence in the direction of it. What about a Chris Weidman character? Hey man, we'll see. We'll see. Can't disclose anything now. <laughs> really? What wow. happens? That is fun. <laughs> that is fun. I like that. An yeah. all-American character, Chris Why? I've always kind of felt like you were a superhero in, in many respects. Now with the bionic neck. Uh, thanks, man. Yeah. You can buy me and you can play with me. It'll be awesome. You'll, you'll be in heaven. Well, I don't know about the action figure. I just mean a comic book character. Oh. So you're more into like reading the comic books. Of, of, I do like comic books. You don't, want to play, you don't want to play with the action figure. Well, no, no. I, I like the action figures too, but I have there is a comic book store next to where I live and I take my, my sons there and they seem to like it. So we go from time to time. I show them the pictures. Uh, it's a fun little activity. Oh, so you endorse you endorse the comic books with the kids. You'll bring them to that. There's yeah. nothing. You're not worried about that. That's good. No, we're we're looking at Frozen and uh, you know Ninja Turtles. Frozen. Turn. Yeah, Frozen. <laughs> you know Frozen. Boys. Yeah, boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with it. They like Frozen. They yeah. they they sing it. They 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 enjoy it. You you sing it with them. Of course. Let it go. Awesome. Let it go. Let it go. Well, you and Demi oh, Lovato. Bother me anyway. There you- <laughs> that was me, ladies and gentlemen. That wasn't the radio. They didn't voice over. That was actually me. You're tight I'm with Demi Lovato, who sang that song. Yes, she's she's great. She's a big MMA fan. She taught me. She taught me how to sing. Okay. All right, I think we're good here. What do you here. got for me? You got, that's it? That's it. <laughs> and you're going to end it with Frozen, me singing a song? Can you do something better than that? Um, no, I mean, we, I think yeah, we've covered it. Yeah, really to talk about, huh? Well, we've covered it all. We've been talking for more than 20 minutes here. We, we've covered the But well, what do you got for me? You got any nuggets for me? <laughs> any, anything I should know about the MMA world? People don't know this, any, but anything? this is actually how our real conversations go behind the scenes. You call me up, ask me for the scoops. I tell you, why don't you just go to my website and read the scoops, but you want the scoop behind the scoop. I want the scoop before the scoop becomes the scoop that everybody else knows about is the scoop. Yeah, well, I can't. And I need the pre-scoop. I can't broadcast. Otherwise, I don't feel like it's a scoop anymore. I can't broadcast that. Okay, uh, Connor or Nate? Who do you got? Um, Nate. Wow. Why? What do you mean, wow? Are you surprised? Well, I don't I know. Are you surprised? 
<laughs> I feel like a lot of people are picking Connor now with a full training camp, all this stuff. Yeah, but what do you mean with a full training camp? Nate had no training camp. So, listen, anything could happen. I'm not saying it's a done deal, but Nate should definitely be the favorite. He won on, what, nine days' notice. Um, he was out drinking. There's videos of that. He wasn't in shape. Um, which is what he relies on is his shape, and which actually got him through the fight even though he didn't have a training camp. So for him to have that much more confidence knowing he is prepared and in the, and the, going to be in the, possibly the best shape of his life, I think he's going to give him a huge confidence boost. Uh, and uh, as much as you won't see, as, as much as Connor's mindset seems bulletproof, it's going to be in his head a little bit that Nate's, Nate's going to be prepared you know, 100% for him. And I know Connor, obviously, on the other side, Connor is going to have guys coming in, and he's going to be way more prepared uh, as well. But uh, at the end of the day, you go into the fight, uh, and you did a full training camp, and you're in the best fight, at best shape of your life. The opponent changes. You still, you still were in the best shape of your life, and you still were ready for a fight. You know? So hmm. not as much of an excuse as taking a fight. Fair enough. Us, uh, as yeah, yeah, no, I understand where you're coming from. Okay, great insight. Uh, check out Cage Hero. Get it on Amazon. Get it online. Get it anywhere you can. Great product. Barnes and Nobles. Buy Barnes them and out. Nobles. Take them out. Yeah, go to the actual store and pick it up yourself. Uh, Chris is supporting them. They're great people. Ian Parker and those guys. I support them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, great to hear that you're doing well. Enjoy the day with the family. Appreciate the time, and I'll see you at MSG. And feel free to come visit us in studio. It has been a while. We miss you over here. Yeah, man. Really appreciate you having me on. It's an honor to be on this show. <laughs> Um, I thought that I wasn't big enough to be on the show for a while since you didn't ask me, but to be on here again just yes. make, brings me back to my hate and makes me feel like I'm important again. You're, you're, so you're always it. welcome here, Chris. All right. Thanks, buddy. Have a good one. Much love. There Take he is, care. Chris Weidman. Take care, everybody. There he is. Chris Weidman stopping by. Okay, I think we have located Alistair Overeem. Is he around? Is he alive? Is he on the phone? Alistair, are you there? Yeah. There he is. You're making me. You make child has been found. Where have you been? Where did you go? Oh uh, yeah, I uh, I alarm clicked it away quick because I was right in the middle of something. Oh. Okay. Uh, well, it's good to have you. It's good to so, see you. How have you been? It's good to speak to you. I should say. Uh, I was expecting to see you on the Skype. You promised me Skype. I was going to see your face, and now you're you're not there. Yeah, my connection is not so good where I'm at. I have two out of five um, stars. And, uh, yeah, we can try Skype if no, you no. want. No, no, it's okay. I'm just happy that you're on. I'm happy we found you. I was getting a little worried. So, um, Listen, I don't turn out my, my good friends like some other people do. What are you, what are, what are you, what are you implying? Just joking. <laughs> um, okay, so here we are, Alistair. Uh, we are a little over, just, just 33 days away, I believe, from your big UFC title fight finally going down, you versus Stipe Miocic, Cleveland, Ohio, UFC 203. Let me ask you first, you had to do a media day with him on the day of the Cleveland Cavaliers parade, right? You were there that day, weren't you? Yeah, I was there that day. It was uh, insanity. There was like one and a half million people in downtown Cleveland. It was crazy. It was great to, to be there. Uh, enthusiastic fans, drunk people in the street. There actually was free shootings in the, within one block. What? I didn't see any of it, but uh, yeah, there were three shootings. Whoa. <laughs> it was madness. Madness. Uh, did you feel like you were sort of being overshadowed? Like, here you are doing this media day, and everyone, understandably so, is talking about the Cavs. Like, do you kind of wish it was a few days later, or did you not mind? No, it was a very nice experience, then. I mean, um, it's a city party. City parties are always crazy. It's always hectic. 
Uh, I was actually um, yeah happy I was able to experience it. Did you go to the parade? No, 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 no. I just uh, did my um, um, my appearances. And, um, you know, other than that, I've been very focused on training. So, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not celebrating anything. I'm not, I, I walked around through the city a little bit to grab uh, something to eat. But uh, other than that, I've been very focused on training the last, um, yeah, the last month, actually, the last uh, last uh, period, since actually since my last fight. And before, the last two and a half years, if I go back to it. So there's not much celebration. There's not much um, looking around, partying. It's just work, work ethic. Now... Okay, so so you were with him for the day. I'm assuming not. He's a kind of quiet guy. But what was it like, just behind the scenes? What was the tension like? Was it okay? Were there any incidents? What can you tell us? Zero incidents. We were not together that much. To be honest, uh, I think Steve is a cool guy. I mean, we didn't really talk that much, right? Um, yeah, we're going to compete against each other, and uh, it's a strictly business. But um, yeah, I mean. On the other side, he's riding on a real high, you know. He's uh, the, the hero of, uh, of Cleveland. He's celebrating it. He got married. He's doing the Vegas thing. He's partying. But, um, yeah, I got one message that the, the wolf um, that is hungry is going to run a little bit faster than the wolf that is chilling on, on top of the mountain uh, who has his belly full. And that's a little bit what I'm seeing here. He's, yeah, he's enjoying the life. He's enjoying the high. But I've been working. After a loss here, I went straight back in the gym, and um, I'm just working, working, working for that uh, for that date, which is coming up September 10th. That is very good insight. So, so you've been sort of noticing from afar that he's going through the parades, uh, he's being serenaded, honeymoon, all that stuff, and in the meantime, you're in the gym. So that that gives you motivation. Yep. Like, do you, do you kind of view that like, oh, I, I am here working while he's partying? It uh, definitely gives me confidence, and it definitely builds. Um, yeah, it builds me up. I um, I'm putting in the extra work, and you need to do that as a champion. And um, I'm doing it. Wow. Um, and how do you feel about fighting in his hometown? Do you think it's going to be hostile? What do you think it's going to be like? I'm actually very excited about that. Um, how come? Obviously, you know the the the, the whole arena, ninety nine percent of the arena will be rooting for Stipe, but. Um, yeah, I, 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 you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, when I got my hands raised, I mean, the, 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 I have my fans all over the world. But that moment, the crowd will be a little bit quiet after mm. I raise my hands. Uh, I'm looking forward to that moment. Uh, you, you mentioned going back to the gym, training right, right away after the Arlovsky fight. Uh, that one was a little strange because you were fighting a teammate. What's it been, been like coming back to Albuquerque and being with Arlovsky and the rest of the coaches and all that? Well, it's been actually very good. Um, you know, good to be back in the gym. I, I kind of um, did my trainings at different times, different locations. Um, I would come in at Jackson's late in the evening when no one was around. So now it's good to be back in the team, back in the vibe. You know, I miss the team. It's all, all good people there. With our lost kids a little bit quiet. He, um, yeah, he's kind of like ignoring me a little bit, not looking at me, not saying anything. Hmm. But uh, I take that as a, as a good sign. Why a good time? Yeah, and the coaches, the coaches are just uh, chills always. I mean, we we had spoken out that we would uh, continue where we left off after uh, the Olaski fight, and we're doing that just now, and it's uh, yeah, it's just positive, uh, positive vibes. And, and so you didn't have any conversations with Andre, like sit down, you know, away from everyone behind the scenes, privately, and just sort of clear everything. 
No, I suggested that, but uh, he didn't. Uh, he didn't want that. So, and uh, you know, I respect his uh, his feelings. It's all good. Are you bummed out by that? That you can't just move on from the whole thing? Oh, but I am. Uh, I have moved on. Okay. I mean, I'm focused now on the next fight, and yeah, if he. Um, doesn't want to talk or doesn't want to train. Yeah, that's 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 okay by me. I mean, I'm not reliant on him. My career is not reliant on him. Uh, before we had fought, we hardly trained together. So it's, it's yeah, it's not not um, not a big thing to me. Would he have been someone who would have helped you train for Stipe because he's fought him? You know, has a similar fighting style. Like, does it is it is it unfortunate that you can't use him as a sparring partner? Uh, no, not not really. Okay. Really. I, I like for the JDS fight, we uh, moved around a little bit. We, 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 we I understand this. I've been training at Jackson's now over two years. Yeah. And uh, all we did was, um, we did like maybe four rounds of sparring. Oh, wow. In and that, that entire two time? Years ago, and, then, and, and then we moved around maybe two rounds. Okay. That's it. Um, so he might be part of Jackson's, but he's not a uh, team over him. <laughs> and of course, after... The, the May 8th, UFC Rotterdam, of course, he's going to dislike me even more. And, you know, if you, if you look at all the media stuff, he, he had a problem with me before that. But uh, I don't necessarily have a problem with him, but it's all good. Good. You know, it's um, you don't have to get along. I don't have to get along with anybody. If it's there, if the chemistry is there, if the flow is there, fine. If it's not there, also fine. See, I'm so sensitive that... Um I would feel the tension and it would bother me and I would try to seek it and, and squash it. You don't, you, you're able to just block that out. Yeah, of course. That's commendable. Listen, Ariel. Yes. You're in the limelight. I'm in the limelight. I'm a little bit in the limelight, I, I, I think. But you're, you know, you have your exposure. You're like on the media every day, this and that. There's, there's, there's people that dislike you. They're going to say hateful things. They're going to, you know, have attitudes. You have to have the ability to uh, not get bothered by that. Otherwise, you're in the wrong business. You got to quit your job. You got to do something different. Yeah, you're right. And I kind of like what I'm doing. You like what you're doing? Uh, yeah, for the most part. But you're right. That, that's great yeah. advice. So you're able to put it in a box, in the I don't care box. Uh, my box is pretty big. I don't care. <laughs> you just put it in there. And um, yeah, you focus on the good stuff in life, man. There's a lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good people. There's a lot of positivity. You have your family, yeah. kids, right? Your dad, yourself. Yeah. Focus on that and you get it back. And if you, the, whole, the thing too with negative people is if you're gonna if you're going to focus on it, if you're going to... Uh, acknowledge it, engage it, it becomes more. So to me, the best way to deal with it is just ignore it. Just let it be. Man, this is this is words of wisdom. Some here life from... lessons, some real life lessons. I like it. This is great. I really appreciate that. Thank you, Alistair. Um, what about the coaches? Who will be in your corner for this fight? Do you know? Um, I've not decided that yet, but okay. uh, we're working on it. You working again with Greg and Wink and those guys? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, of course. okay. Work with all the coaches at the gym and you know, grab great chemistry. We're working hard. Very happy to to be able to say that the training camp is going excellent. And 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 what about coming off that high in uh, in May in your home country? Would you say up until this point, greatest moment of your career? What happened that night in early May, winning in front of your people? I mean, it was just amazing watching it and the reception that you got. Is that fair to say, even though you didn't win a title that night or any kind of tournament, was that the greatest night of your fighting career? Um, yeah, but I don't think you can, you can um, 
you can top. I mean, I've had so many great nights in my career, right? The K1 championship was uh, definitely one, one high. Uh, the Strikeforce championship was a high. Even my first championship that I won in that same arena where I fought uh, versus Oloski. I won my first world title, to yeah. off the handle. People probably don't remember that promotion, but at the time it was kind of like big, kind of like, um, yeah, like a one FC is today. They had a budget to bring in fighters from all over the world and it was home and I, it was my first world championship, light heavyweight. It was super proud. So, um, yeah, there's been so many highs. I mean, the, the K1 fight versus Bob versus uh, Peter Arts, uh, of course, me versus Saki, me versus Tyron Spong. These are all killers, and uh, we did tremendously good against them. And, um, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's another peak now. I think this um, this uh, victory coming up September 10 uh, will be uh, the biggest one. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, and that that's also the reason why I've been so dedicated. Uh, the, the, the last two and a half years, I've truly dedicated my life and all my actions into, uh, yeah, achieving the most being the best i can be and uh very proud of what we have achieved and not only me but also the team the coaches here the people in albuquerque the sparring partners is it is We're it coming september 10 oh yes i can't wait a month away now is it is it fair because you were supposed to get the title shot a few years back it didn't happen is it almost better now because you can appreciate it more because you've been through so much the injuries you had ups and downs you're coming off a high like do you feel like you're more mature now to the point where wow you know i know how big this is how hard it is to get here what i had to do what i had to sacrifice like do you feel like you appreciate this journey a little more to the belt um i think so yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i think so and i also think that um you know it, it, it sometimes you have to take a step back or maybe even two steps back to come back harder it shows the true character and um you know that's also a little bit life in life you're gonna have your downs you gotta re reshuffle the deck um but I think that uh, that I've proven, you know, if you're willing to work hard, if you're positive, if you surround yourself with good people, you're gonna you're gonna turn out just fine. Yeah, because I because I know you, you were pretty close to what you thought your career was over not that long ago, right? Uh, well, I had um, I had an injury yeah. when I fought the Bigfoot fight. Yeah, I went into that fight, but obviously, you know, the, the whole world was watching, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, and and the injury was kind of like weird. It was lower back. You know, you, you can't see anything. Uh, you know, I can just walk. I can do everything, but I can't tie my own shoelaces. So it's like it's an injury that, you know, the the physical therapist at the time didn't really know what it was. Um, so it's like a little bit of a weird thing. And then that fight went like a disaster, lost the fight. But then, uh, yeah, after the injury got a little bit worse. And then I seriously thought, hey, this could be the end of my career. What am I going to do after my fighting career? Hmm. So, but, you know, I took hard. Uh, I flew back to Holland. I did my physical therapy um, with the team there. They're really good. They got acupuncture and uh, um, um, manual therapy. They don't have that here in the States, but they kind of manipulate your, your bones and your joints. And uh, I recovered. It was a long road to recovery. It took like six months from, from pretty severe to like uh, normal. And uh, it was right exactly on the Travis right. Mm. But, uh, yeah, in that period, there was a lot of uncertainty because you think your career is done. And, um, of course, you don't want to take surgery because surgery is never good. Right? Fusing your, your, your vertebrae together, this or that. Right. But that's why, uh, yeah, very happy I made that decision back then. Go back to Holland, fix my body, 
rest my body. And um, yeah, and basically after the Travis fight, after that, it was all a positive. Around a month ago, we thought, wow, Overeem wins the belt. Uh, his first title defense could very well be against Brock Lesnar, who returned and looked great. Now, obviously, that doesn't look like it's going to happen. If you don't mind me asking, what's your take on this whole Brock Lesnar situation? Uh, well, you know, um, I, I don't have much information about it. Uh, and I'm getting my uh, news uh, from the headlines. So apparently uh, filled an in-competition test. Well, yeah. I and out of competition. Tw- two tests. Okay, in and out. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm the right guy to ask. Okay, you know? fair enough. I think, um, you know, justice will be served to him. He's got to answer to the USADA and uh, to the Nevada Athletic State Commission. You know, I never thought he would come back in the first place. Yeah. In the UFC. And, uh, yeah, he made the comeback, and apparently he's going to be his last, because I, I definitely don't see him coming back after this, uh, after this, uh, yeah, fiasco. When you were watching that fight, though, did you think, oh, wow, he looks amazing. This could be my chance to fight him again. Were you thinking that at all? I was thinking that um, it's been four years that I fought with him. Yeah. Four and a half. And he looked better now than he did four and a half years ago when we fought. Yeah. That was my first initial fight when I saw him. I mean, he did good. He didn't do spectacular. But he did good. He did good against Mark because Mark, I fought Mark too in 2008. Beat him by an armbar. But uh, that was seriously the strongest guy I ever felt. And he was just um, manhandling him, taking him down at will and just controlling him. So that was a little bit, yeah, a little bit, uh, a little bit of surprise. Yeah. Um, and of course, now we'll see what, what happens to him. By the way, I wanted to ask you, um, I know you had a very good relationship with Lorenzo Fertitta. Are you sad that he is leaving the company, that he sold the company? Uh, I mean, things happen, right? Uh, I had a good relationship with uh, Lorenzo. I think I have a good relationship with Dana, too. Um, yeah, it's going to be a little bit different, I guess. Uh, but it's going to be a mystery for everybody. Nobody really knows how it's going to continue. But, um, you know, the UFC has done great business in the past, and there's no uh, no reason to wander, to, 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 to question if they're going to do it in the future of this. They're going to make their good decisions, and uh, as long as you perform and you do your best, it's all going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, but I always kind of felt, and maybe I'm wrong, that you and Lorenzo were like, that he was a big fan of yours. He worked very hard to get you in the company. I don't know. I always kind of felt like you were a Lorenzo guy. Maybe I'm wrong. Am I wrong? What makes you think that, then? I don't know. I just kind of felt like he, he really liked you. He appreciated you. He always spoke very highly of you. Yeah. He was very excited. When you signed the contract, you were with Lorenzo, right? The, the initial contract? I was, uh, I, I agree with that, uh, I agree with your thoughts. Oh, all right. Well, it's good to hear. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so, so, so let's wrap you're this up. Fishing, yeah. yeah, you're always doing What are you talking about? Area. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just an observation, that's all. That's all. No, but, um, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> Okay, um, let's, uh, okay, I know you have to go, so I'll wrap this up. It seems like you don't know what to ask, Aaron, come on. No, I definitely know what to ask. I, I was waiting for your response. How do, you envision, how do you envision the fight ending on September 10th? Um, two or three rounds, no crap. Two or three rounds. How do you feel about sharing the bill with CM Punk? Are you excited about that? Uh, 
Yeah, I'm 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 curious how he's going to do, of course. But um, I, I I you know I think he's in for a hard time. You're not. Confident. I don't know who he's matched against, but uh, this is definitely different than pro wrestling, especially in his weight class. He's a welterweight, I believe. Uh, those guys are tough, man, and uh, he's going to experience it firsthand. And you know what the thing is too. If he does bad, the whole world is going to be on top of him. If he does good, the next guy will be in line for him. And uh, the next guy is going to just keep on coming. Right. So many good guys in the welterweight. So that's definitely somebody I wouldn't want to be right now. <laughs> <laughs> but are you kind of happy he's on the card? Like it gives a little more attention to the card? Or are you, are you one of those traditional fighters who doesn't really like the idea that he got into the UFC right away? No, no, no. Listen. I love the idea he got in the UFC because I love tests. And um, he is about to test himself. And, okay. you know, I'm going to have extra respect for him if he keeps on going. If he wins, if he keep, even if he loses. If he keeps on going and he wins in the end, I'm going to have extra respect for him. But now we're going to see what he's made of. Now we're going to see the, the true character. Because, you know, everybody wants to be a fighter right until they get hit, until they get their front face broken. Yeah. So we're going to see what's going to happen. And there's going to, you know, all these guys are lined up. They all want to break him. They all want to break him mentally, physically. And it's not, it's not going to be fun for him. He's a hunted prey. Why? Because he's a big name. Because he's a big money fight. So he's going to be um, the hunted. And uh, it's going to be very, a lot of respect if he's going to be able to hold up and, if, and stand his ground and, um, and become victorious. And I'll be watching that fight definitely. And... Um, again, I like people who take challenges. That's how I went into the K1. Mm -hmm. Went in there, I'm an MMA guy. You go in there, best, and um, we're going to see what's going to happen. It's either going to be, you know, and to, to, to come back on that, I went in the K1, I lost a couple of fights. I remember my first uh, big K1 fight was in 2001 in Holland. I fought the A class. I was not A class. I was like C class, maybe, maybe B. And that guy destroyed me with low kicks. Oh, my God. Mm. And it was like uh, 7,000 people in the arena, that time pretty big. And it was a bashing because you're getting your ass kicked, you know, mentally too. But um, at that moment in 2001, nobody ever thought I would win the K1 nine years later. So it's, all, it's also about character. It's also about um, perseverance. And it's a test. And we'll see, we're going to see what happens with, uh, with, um, yeah, with the pro wrestler. Um, I know this might be a stupid question, but I'll ask anyway. Is there going to be a ream? Leading up to this title fight, I would assume, yes, right? It's got to be. Of course. All right. When's the first one coming out? Um, well, we're actually uh, discussing with the team right now because it's like a little, there's not been many episodes, right? Yeah. I was actually just realizing that uh, the other day. <laughs> we've had like one episode a year. It's like nothing. <laughs> so we're going to overhaul it. We're going to do more episodes. Okay. And um, so I can't give you an answer on that right now when the first ring will be, but... It's not going to take too long, of course. In any way, one or two before the fight and then after the fight, we're going to pick it up. Okay. Higher pace. Um, two last quick things. Uh, what's the vibe like at the gym with John? Have you been able to train with him? Is he around these days after what happened to him last month? Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's positive. He's training. Um, you know, he's helped me in my camp. Uh, I really like that guy. You know, he's, he's humble. He's nice. I know he has that other side too, but um, I appreciate it for what he's doing to me. He's helping me in my camp and uh, being, being, um, yeah, just being a positive in the gym. Okay. So I, um, yeah, I don't know anything about his case. Can't say anything about that. But um, he's he's in the gym and he's training. 
and he's looking forward to come back. I know that. He's very hungry to come back in the, in the octagon. Um, and last thing, you know, I asked Tyron Woodley this question a couple of weeks ago before his fight against Robbie Lawler. I love, I love to ask people this before their first UFC title fight. And I'm curious about you considering your road, considering all the belts that you've won, all the, the high moments you've had in your career. Have you allowed yourself to dream about, to envision what it will feel like when they put the belt around your waist? Do you think about that sort of thing as you prepare? Do you use that as motivation? not part of my motivation not part of it but uh, of course you think about the, the, those moments sometimes and um, yeah gives you butterflies in your stomach but uh, you know you, you, you gotta what I'm mostly doing now is focusing on what I need to do and that's the workouts and check techniques and trainings you know getting the sparring partners in getting getting all the details right I'm very involved in my own training camp and uh, of course you're, you're, you're doing this for that, for that one moment you envision it but don't dream too much because, um, yeah, there's work to do. Yeah, well said. Uh, great catching up with you, Alistair. Thank you very much for the time. Thanks for squeezing us in today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Okay, great to talk yeah, to you. I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yes. Run. Okay, take care. See you. <laughs> there he is, Alistair over him. Uh, he has to run, and I understand that. We'll speak later. Okay, let's move along. Let's go from one European fighter to another. A few weeks back, we introduced you to Emil Mack. He defeated Husimar Palhares over in Italy. Well, shortly thereafter, he signed with the UFC. We were hoping and expecting him to debut on September 3rd in Hamburg, Germany. Uh, that is no longer happening. Wanted to talk to him about that and his decision to sign with the UFC. And I believe he is joining us via the Magic of Skype right now. So let us welcome in Valhalla himself. Yeah. Emil Mack, how are you? How are you, sir? Good. Very good. How are you? I'm doing great. Uh, thank you very much for, for taking out some time and joining us today. So I think a lot of people are confused by your situation. Can you explain to us why you're not fighting on September 3rd? Um, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, well, as everybody know and everybody has been watching yeah, the news and uh, everybody's t- been taking from... From everything with uh, USADA and it's been a big like it's a serious serious organization and it's I never been a part of anything like that and uh, I'm sorry I haven't been in it before but but I haven't so um, as the enrollment started doing happening and uh, I delivered a list of all the substances I from my knowledge that I put in my body even like medical like supplements like like everything <laughs> So uh, and they had some trouble with some of the some of the uh, medication I have taken, and uh, they uh, they chose to or they asked me to to um, to document it with some paperwork, and uh, and I started doing it, and then uh, <laughs> uh, all of a sudden it's a vacation here in Norway, and when it's in a vacation here in Norway, it's uh, it's uh, everything except. MMA fighters goes away and it closes down the whole town. Uh, so I couldn't couldn't get the significant paperwork done and and uh, they wanted to have it, of course, to to um, yeah to to make the fight happen and for me to compete as a clean athlete and uh, and then I had to wait. So. So if this wasn't during the vacation time and you were able to get the paperwork, do you think that you would have remained on that card? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh-huh. it's, it's like small stuff like like I have asthma. 
uh, I use my inhalers and and that's also on the on the Vada's doping list and and if I can't like it, it, it's a long story but it, it's it's hard to uh, to to do it when I, when the doctor's away and I tried to call him he was uh, in a sunbed in Puerto Rico you know like I'm calling him up and hey um I was wondering about like maybe you could send me some papers when you're down there but it's it's hard to do that so sure um yeah. <laughs> Has this been difficult for you? Because when people hear about the USADA stuff and a potential violation, they say, oh, you're a cheater. You know, you're trying to yeah, do something. Yeah. You were caught. Uh, no one really, as you may know, people don't read the articles. People just read the headlines and things like that. So has this been difficult? Have you been getting a lot of that stuff? Um, uh, yeah, of course I have. Like, uh, uh, so, some people are going to talk, talk shit uh, anyway. Uh, and like Olbrim just said, like, you just need to let it go and put it in the I don't care box. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, so, uh, of course, I, I think it's a little unfair. And especially for in, in Norway, where MMA is such a new sport and, and everybody has had trouble, like, oh, it's just a pure violent sport. It's just street, street war. It's just whatever it is. And, um and then like the main character from the MMA like get a headline with with some violation of, of the mm. anti-doping policy and of course that sucks and i think it's a little unfair uh to say i, I haven't done anything wrong and and uh it's just taking precautions that that i'm uh that, that i don't want don't want to violate any rules that i didn't know wasn't allowed six months ago, you know? Right. So. Um, was it your decision to do this or did a coach or a manager tell you, did the UFC tell you, who, who ultimately said, you know what, it's best that you don't go ahead with this? Well, uh, it was, um, um, we, we, we made, made an agreement with the, with the UFC, uh, talked to managers and, and of course the UFC also, and, and figured that it was, it was the best since I couldn't get the documentation in still, well, around now, I guess they're back today, and uh, the fight is getting closer. And by re- with respect for, for for my opponent, that wants to know who is he's fighting, that I don't have to pull out like one week before. Or you, you've seen like uh, scandals like that when when uh, fighters had to pull out real close to a fight and just can't cancel the whole whole stuff. And we didn't want that to happen either. So. Was there a specific thing that you were taking that caused this concern? One or two things? Well, like, w- um, what in particular raised these uh, these questions for you? Well, it was my, my asthma, and I had some cortisone shots ah. uh, in my toe, and uh, and also I, I used uh, the IV for for my for my fight against Polaris ah. to rehydrate. So even if you did this before, like those things aren't illegal outside of the U.S. I mean, it, those aren't, you know, PEDs or anything like that. Even if you did this before, it's still in your system. You would get flagged. You would get potentially suspended. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because they don't know when you put it yeah. in. No. And uh, that, that's, that's the problem. So they want to me to join the, the four months, uh, uh. four months uh, period, yeah, enrollment and, uh, uh, I, I think that's fair. I think that's maybe some that everybody should do, but um, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, it's fair. It's, it's uh, I, I'm just happy they're cleaning up the sports. It's just sad when it's 
when it causes problems to people who doesn't uh, cheat. Right. And uh, because I got signed up with the fight before I got enrolled with the USA, the USADA. So if, if they would enroll me first and then give me a fight, it would be a lot better. But no, it is what it is. So when do the uh, the four months end for you? Um, I think it's like I heard something about early December, like third of September, December, I think. Okay. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's it. I haven't, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm still getting, returning my paperwork and everything. And, and if I'm lucky and then like when everything is in order, maybe I can fight before, but at least the four month or if, if not, it's at least the four month uh, period. So, and, um, during this period, are you getting tested a lot? Have you been tested a lot? Um, you know, I have to, uh, put, put out, uh, we got this, uh, uh, what's it called uh, this app, app where yeah. we, yeah, where we had to put in, what's it called? The USAD updater yeah. and, and I have to put everything, yeah, everything yeah, I do, everything, wherever I go. If I go to the store for more than one hour, I had to put it in. Oh, and if I go, yeah, if I change the training, yeah. If I, if I change this from my gym for one day, I had to change it. And um, if I go to a cabin, if I go to like whatever I do, then I then I need to put it in there. And uh, it's, it's a little hassle, but uh, yeah. I, I think everybody has it the same way. So it's a little violation of privacy, but uh, yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it's crazy. So even if you go to the store, like if you're going to go out for the day, you have to update that? Yeah. Uh, so basically, if I doesn't haven't put in where I'm, if I don't have put anything in, they will expect me to be home. And if they uh. show up at my door and I'm not there within one or two hours, uh, they they will flag me like, "Hey, yeah. you, you missed a test." And uh, and yeah, it's kind of crazy because it would be a lot easier if you just called me and like, "Hey, I'm coming to your house. Please be home," and then I could be home. Sure. But they don't call me unless. Like they come home to me. If I'm not there within two hours, they will go to my secondary location, which is my gym, and they will stand there for two hours. And if I they don't find me there, they will call me, and uh, then they will like. <laughs> so they could just call me and make it a lot easier. Yeah. Has this happened? Have they showed up to where you live and you're not there? Uh no, no. Okay, I've been a good boy. That's good. <laughs> that is good. Um, so. You ultimately decided to sign with the UFC. Had you known about all this, these "quote unquote" hassles, would you have still done it? Are you are you still you know at yeah. peace with the decision? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, of course. Uh, um, the, the, the good thing and the sad thing about the UFC that everybody knows about it, and everybody that watches MMA or had remotely any idea what MMA is, they watch the UFC and. Uh, especially in in countries like norway they if you don't if you're not in the ufc then you're nowhere mm. so i could be champion of the bellator i could be champion of the world series of fighting or, or whatever this and they were just like yeah but he's not in the ufc so so mm. yeah it's not the biggest organization so um um so so i'm happy that that's yeah for sure i'm very happy with, to be with the ufc before signing with the UFC, did you talk to some of those other organizations? Did you get offers from them after the win over Paul Harris? Yeah, I had some offers from 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 a couple like uh, World Series of I think, and uh, uh, well, also some other like I think One FC was interested in. 
but but I didn't uh, I didn't like you know I didn't want to be an asshole you know I, I wanted to sign with the UFC and what do you mean and an I asshole? let them know I, yeah. why an asshole what does that <laughs> yeah, mean I was like he's like hey do you want my my like you want this and then like yeah maybe oh tell me more about it and and then just like go no I see. Uh, after they spent a lot of energy so you know I, I wanted I knew what I wanted so. I just had to like, well, I, I'll, let's see if I get with the UFC first and then I get back to you after that. I wouldn't call it an asshole. I would call it negotiating, right? I mean, isn't that just part of the game? Yeah, yeah, of course. But but uh, I, I don't think like, uh, I, don't, I don't see how I should be tempted to do anything else in the UFC. Fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. Uh, yeah. Did Venator try to get you back since you were their champion? Well, they said, like, when the winter guys are really, really good guys. And uh, they just, they just tell me, like, told me, like, if, if you're not getting signed with the UFC, then you have to fight for us or then you win. We want you to fight for us. And we think that we could uh, provide you with everything you need and, and, and so on. And they were really just happy about uh, me getting signed with the UFC. They were just calling me up and, and said congrats and was just really happy about it. So. Okay. Well, that's good it's to hear. Cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was this big news? Like, did you have to do a lot of interviews in Norway and explain yourself? Were a lot of people talking about this when it came out a couple of weeks ago? Um, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, we had some ugly headlights and headlines and uh, uh, had to explain some of it. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, nothing that... that <laughs> to be honest, I would expect, like, more heresy. Like, people okay. just... Go go apeshit on me, but uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like maybe they do it. Maybe they do it like behind my back, or maybe yeah. they're talking shit to each other. But uh, not a lot of people have said anything bad against me, and and a lot of people are writing me like, okay, this is just a postponed victory, and like keep going, keep going strong, and they feel feel sorry for me. Of course, I feel real bad about the people that bought tickets for the show and, and all that stuff that, that really hurts me. And, and I want to go down there and buy, like, buy, buy everybody a beer and <laughs> be friends with them and, and have a good time time at the fights. But uh, it really hurts me to, like, so many people want to go and see me. And, and yeah, you know, it, I, I wouldn't say it's my fault, but, but it's, yeah. Um, I, was just, of I was just about to ask yeah. you that. Will you still go to the event? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay. So you are yeah. going to hang out with people. Of course. How are you going to tell them where you, you're going to you're going to tweet? I'm here. Come hang out with me. I'll buy you a beer. Yeah, something like that. Wow, <laughs> you're going to buy a lot of people beer. Even people that didn't buy I tickets to see you are still going to show up. Yeah, but you know they have to be. Most of them are probably Norwegian. So sure. Okay. Run a language test. That's right. Yeah, a secret <laughs> word, a secret question here or there, yeah. and then you'll you'll weed out the uh, the imposters. Um, would you say that this is like? I, how could you describe the mix of emotions here, from that win over Paul Harris that got you all this fame, to becoming this free agent, sort of signing with the UFC? You get your debut, and then it gets pulled away from you. How can you describe that emotion, um, and 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 how are you still dealing with it? Like, is it still eating at you? Does it still feel annoying that this has all happened? Uh, yeah. you know, it, it's pretty good. I think it's pretty good. But um, how could I put this? Is I want to, 
after the fight, I had like a long training camp for that fight, and I was really, you know, I was I was ready for a little vacation, just a little off time, you know, fix my body, get my injury straight, and 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 everything like that. And then uh, I just jumped straight back into it. I I went to a TV show in Norway, and we did. Uh, yeah, and, and then I just jumped straight back into training camp again, and uh, my body didn't really feel feel so good. So I did all the work. I went twice a day and like everything like that. And you know, I would be ready and everything would be good. But I needed some some rest, and I'm happy I I got that. So uh, so yeah, I'm happy I got the rest, but I'm not happy I had to pull out of a fight. Right. So perhaps yeah. there's a, that's the silver lining. That's the blessing in disguise, yeah. right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. Okay. And uh, and uh, we'll, we'll see. You know, I still have my four fights with the UFC, and I still still have a contract with them, and I haven't violated anything. I don't have a suspension. I don't, you know, everything is like that. And now I can have some time off. And, you know, there's only one time a year. The Nor- Norway is, is beautiful, and that's in the summer, so... It's fun to not just be down in the basement and, and pushing each other in the face all the day. So sure, it's good. Yeah. Uh, too early to talk about opponent. They haven't mentioned that now, right? I mean, since it's the oh, uh, they haven't mentioned anything. Okay, no, they haven't mentioned anything. And uh, you know, if 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 I were to choose, you know, it would be fun to to fight the CM Punk or or uh, Mickey Gal or or somebody like that with a lot of hype behind them and and no. Uh, that would that be fun. I think CM Punk versus Valhalla would be a very good fight. So what you're saying is you want the winner of the UFC 203 bout between Mickey Gall and CM Punk. That's what you're saying. Perfect. Perfect. Wow, that is big. And and you know, yeah, it's not too big. You know, <laughs> you can ask for for you you can ask for a lot worse opponents than that. I guess. Sure. You know, like Cowboys Roni and. Them in my uh, or Brown, all of them would be like super, super good fights for me. But it's it's a lot to ask coming into like the rooster, sure, with no fights in the UFC. But you're so, thinking big names wow. here. You're not thinking like newcomers. You're thinking <laughs> the top dogs. Yeah, but you remember who I beat the last time? That's true. Husimar Palhares. So if they are, if they talk to you about a Cerrone or whatever, you, you take that fight. You don't think that you need a tune-up fight or anything like that. No, I don't think so. I, I feel. Um, I, as long as I can prepare good for a fight, um, I, I think I can beat everybody. And uh, if I, if you don't believe that, if you truly don't believe that in your head, then you're probably in the wrong sports. If you think you're just coming up secondhand, like if you fight big names, mm-hmm. and like in the UFC, you're gonna fight tough guys. And like even if there's a name or not a name, it's gonna be a tough sure. and hard fight. And um, and I think I think that. Um, the difference between a good newcomer and a, a veteran in the UFC is, is pretty pretty small. And uh, with the right edge and with the right training, I believe that anything is possible. And uh, I believe that with the right preparation and and uh, focus, I, I can beat beat a lot of guys there. Great stuff, Emil. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for clearing the air. Good Thanks to fun. catch up with you. Good luck with everything. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. All right. There he is. Valhalla himself, Emil Mech, stopping by. Wish him the best. And uh, unfortunate to hear that he will not be making his debut on September 3rd, but looking forward to hopefully him debuting inside the Octagon 
come around December or January. Okay, uh, let us move along. So excited as always is it is always a, a very special treat. It always feels like a very big deal, and this time is no different. When we have the great Mirko Krokop on the show, been wanting to talk to him for quite some time. Of course, you heard the news not that long ago that he is returning to MMA. He is fighting for Ryzen in their open weight Grand Prix Cub September. Want to talk to him about that and a whole lot more. Have the honor of being joined by Mirko Krokop right now from Croatia. Mirko, how are you? Hey, Ariel. Hi, I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to talk to you. Thank you for coming on the show. So um, it's been a few months since we last spoke. The last time we talked to you, uh, you kind of said goodbye to MMA. You said you were taking a break, that it was it was time to go. You had the, the incident with USADA, and now you're back. Why did you decide to come back? Once, once a fighter, always a fighter. Well, I don't know. Listen, uh, uh, I received a call from Japan, from Mr. Takakibara, and uh, as, you, as, you, I, I, as you probably know, he was the owner of Pride, and uh, I had a really good relationship with him, and uh, it, was, it, it was the reason why I decided uh, to return. And plus, it would be a tournament, and I like a tournament system in, uh, in MMA, and... Uh, after all, after all, I, I managed to heal, to heal as much uh, as much as possible uh, all kind of injuries I had, you know. But of course, some things will uh, will stay temporary, like it is, you know. And uh, but uh, I feel good, you know. And uh, I just decided to take the challenge, you know. And uh, more or less, that's it. So, when did Sakaki Bara first reach out to you? Well, first, after my prior days, we met uh, what, almost two years ago in, in Japan. And uh, when, when, I, when I fought last time, uh, uh, Satoshi Ishii, then we, had, then we had a dinner. Then we had a dinner together, and uh, we, uh, he talked me about his plans to, to start a new organization, etc., uh, etc. Et and, of course, he would, like, uh, he would like to see me there. But at, uh, at the end of the day, I signed a contract with UFC. Right. I signed a contract with UFC, and the, <laughs> the rest of it is a history, right? Right. <laughs> Sorry. Um, and then after, you know, when you say that you're going to walk away and all that, he reach out, reach out to you again to try to get you to come back. Was that a, an easy conversation, or did he have to convince you a lot to sign with them and, you know, start fighting for Ryzen? Listen, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a child, you know. Nobody has... Nobody has to convince me or not, you know. And sure. he just he just makes me an offer. He he asked me if I would like to participate uh, rising the Open Way Grand Prix, and uh, I said I needed I needed I need some time to think about it. And I talked with, uh, with with my trainers and uh, with my team, and uh, decided we decided to take the challenge. That's it. That's it. No well, much uh, no much philosophy. Um, and at the time, you still had a contract with the UFC, right? So you had to get them to release you. I, I, I was released. I was, but it doesn't matter. Listen, I'm 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 with Ryzen anymore, and uh, I just don't want don't want, don't want to come all, all over again to you see the UFC. Etc. I had a great time in UFC, you know, yeah. and uh, I'm really sorry the, that it happened. It happened. What happened, you know, and uh, even even I, I wasn't guilty at all. But you say that you say that decide to do what they did, etc. etc. And but uh, it's behind me. I don't I don't want I don't want to go go behind to look behind me and 
Let's, uh, let's, let's, watch, let's watch the future. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm just curious, when, when we last spoke and you were a little bit emotional about your future and not fighting anymore, deep down inside, did you think that you would come back eventually? Like, were you, were, were you mentally prepared to really stop fighting then? No, no, no. Uh, when we talked, I was, I was 100%, 100% sure. But, you know, uh, people, people are leaving their coverage, you know, uh, he's coming back again. You know, when you are, when you are once a fighter, you, you always face a fighter, you know, and I would, uh, I would like to fight as much as possible, but, but life is something different, you know. Life writes different stories, you know. Uh, injuries, you know, and uh, all kinds of things will uh, will force every everyone to stop fighting you know so far i made a deal uh, with Ryzen just for this uh, grand prix you know ah, okay. i'm not sure if if i'm going to be able uh, to comp- to compete again after that i i really i really don't know it depends it depends on my health it depends on my health i i don't want to uh, i don't want to put in danger my health and uh, but it's not about it's not about uh, some injuries some injuries that I can get in the fight, but it's about uh, the injuries I already have, you know. And I had nine surgeries, and uh, after every training, I had to put ice on on my on my knees, and you know, to cool them down, and etc. etc. It, it it irritates, you know. But uh, so uh, still, it, it makes me happy, you know. Uh, today was my uh, first training of the last stage of preparation. Oh. And now I have six six weeks final preparation, and it, it was madness, you know. And uh, I, after so many years, I started I started with uh, ten minutes round. It's really hard. It's really hard. Like in Pride days, the first round is always ten minutes, and uh, <laughs> rising in rising will be also ten minutes first round. So it was so hard, but uh, after but after training, I was so happy, and I just finished training twenty minutes ago. Wow, uh, and and how do you feel like physically, injury wise? Like, do you feel pretty good? Uh, physically, I feel good. I feel good. Stamina is okay because uh, I was training whole summer, you know. And uh, actually, I train uh, all the time. If if I if I'm injured, for example, if I have some injury on the knee, I'm training something uh, other things that that knee doesn't have to be involved, you know. Or if I if I have a a, a fist injury, then I'm doing a lot of uh, uh, jogging, uh, riding bicycle, uh, uh, jumps, whatever. You know, I cannot do anything with my arms, but I can. I can still, you know, maintain my body and condition. When you were back there in Japan a couple of weeks ago, around Sakakibara, and it kind of felt and looked like pride, were you getting nostalgic? Were, were, did you kind of miss that whole scene with the open weight Grand Prix and everything? Did it feel like the old days of pride? Yeah, I did. I did. I, uh, it was so nostalgic, you're right. And uh, I still, I stayed uh, in, in the same hotel that I was staying during oh, wow. my Pride career, and uh, it was it was really amazing, you know. And uh, it, it was not just about Sakakibara; it's about other people around him. The same stuff from Pride days, you know, and uh, to see the people again. And uh, <laughs> I just felt just like just like I returned ten years ten years in in, in, in the past. Wow, that is amazing. Kind of gives me goosebumps that you're able to recreate that yeah. uh, that whole scene. So the first fight is September 25th, and then if you win that opening round fight, then there's two fights back to back in in the end of December, right? There will be uh, three fights. 
Three fights. Well, of three course, fights it, in it, total. If I keep if I keep winning, there will be three fights. Yeah. Uh, this will be in September will be opening round, and then it will be uh, quarterfinals December twenty nine, and then December thirty first will be a semifinal and final. Oh my gosh! So actually, in, in three fights, three fights in, in in a two days. Wow! How do you feel about that? Are, are you? Do you think you'll be okay with that? Uh, yeah, I, I like I like the Roman system. This will be a little bit different. I never I I, I never I, I was never going through through system like that. First uh, one fight and then one day uh, rest because the key will be to stay out of injury. You know. Yeah. If I if I it's much it will be much easier to do a three fight in one night because uh, after the fight if if you hurt for example your foot your knee whatever your your fist it's okay 3 4 hours as long as adrenaline works you don't feel nothing you know uh-huh. but after 5 6 10 12 or 24 hours you you will feel pain you know so the key is key is, key, key for the victory will be uh, to stay out of the injury in the first fight wow that that is a real fighter right there. So you say that you actually prefer fighting multiple times on the same night because the adrenaline helps you, you forget about the injuries. Yeah, of course. The, the, I, w- I would like to do it three fights in one night. Yeah, that's that, that, that is the best. And it it takes a lot of lot of strength, a uh, lot of concentration, a lot of everything. Believe me, it's very hard. It's very hard to go to to go outside and fight three times in let's say about three hours. Um, have they talked to you about who your opening round opponent will be yet? I don't know yet. Uh, I'm expecting every day my opponent to be confronted. Every day. He should be confronted already, but I, they asked me to wait a few more days. Um, any names that they've been mentioning to you? Any any sort of hints as to who it might be? Yeah, they mentioned a few names, but uh, I don't know. It, there is no... There is no no sense to mention anyone particularly because I don't know. I don't know who will be opponent when, when they decide who opponent. But it will be Fedor. If you think about Fedor, it won't be Fedor. There was a, a poster poster made with uh, with Fedor's and mine yeah. and mine uh, and my uh, and my face on the poster. It said Rising Opening Round 20, 25th September. But it's just it's just kind of commercial, you know. Uh, I, and I'm not sure if Feder will be. I don't think actually Feder will participate uh, uh, to the tournament. Would you like that he participates? Do you, Do you want the opportunity of to fight him? Of course, I would like. Of yeah? course, I would like. Of course, I would like. But I don't think he will participate. Did but, you ask? That's my opinion. Man. I don't know what can happen. But uh, <coughs> I don't ask. I don't ask nobody. Tell me nothing. But I don't think he will participate tournament. Um, how do you feel about Vanderlei Silva getting a buy? Do you think that you should have gotten a buy, or do you not want a buy? Uh, he's getting what? He he ha- he doesn't have to fight on September 25th. He got a bye in the first round. Yeah, uh, it, it's because of his injury. You know, he has some car accident, and uh, he he cannot he 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 can't prepare himself for a fight in September. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But as a legend of the, as a legend of the sport, and uh, oh, he'll get he'll get a ticket direct to the uh, direct to the to the final. Um, you had a chance. I saw you were next to uh, Gabby Garcia. What do you think of her? She's very nice person, you know. Very nice person. Uh, uh, amazing, amazing, uh, with amazing groundwork. Multiple uh, world uh, jiu-jitsu champion. A very nice person, you know. Very nice person. And it's, she's a very nice person, you know. She's a big, strong, you know. And uh, but uh, very nice, very nice. Um, the best part about that whole weekend of you being in uh, in Japan was that video of you, I believe, in the airport 
playing Pokemon Go. This is uh-huh. an, I love this video. Are you a big fan of Pokemon Go? No, not. It was a joke. Oh, it was a joke. It was a joke. Really? That breaks my heart. Yeah, yeah. What you? So you guys? Oh wow! Yeah, really? <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, we, we we were waiting on the airport for for our uh, plane to Japan, you know. And then I I, I read on my iPhone uh, uh, some article that uh, some girl was uh, was hit by a car on on, on a highway because she wasn't. Too- she just ran ran through the highway looking for Pokemon. I couldn't believe. I couldn't believe. And then me and my my uh, my friend Steve, my coach, and uh, I said, Steve, I take a phone and record me how I I I, I mean, I was joking, you know, but. I saw that the people didn't realize that I'm joking, but some people saw that I was so serious about searching Pokemon. People loved it. Uh, We we wrote an article on our own website about you playing Pokemon, uh, and quite frankly, I don't play it. I don't understand it, but I thought it was so funny that you were playing it. I couldn't really picture you being into it. I wasn't playing. I wasn't playing, but I don't want to. I don't want to hurt anyone's feeling. You know, that for, for people who are playing it, who like that game, you know, but. It was just a joke, you know. It was just a joke from my side. Wow, that is amazing. Um, do you recall when you started to get that itch, that feeling? I want to come back. I want. I, I, I want to keep fighting. Do you recall when that happened? Excuse me. What, can you? I didn't understand well. You know, again, when when we last spoke, you said, "Okay, you're 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 pretty much done." Was there a point where you started to feel like? I'm getting bored. I want to fight. I have more in me. I'm getting, you know, that adrenaline. I want to keep going. Like, do you remember when that happened? Um, not special. Not special. Until that call. Until that call. In, in the oh, meantime, wow. in the meantime, I received multiple calls from different organizations to participate on their events, and I turned them down. I oh. turned them down, and I just didn't want. I just didn't want to go and fight anywhere. And uh, since. Uh, since uh, nostalgia for, for, for Pride Days and uh, since everything will be the same ex- except the name because uh, Pride was sold. And so they cannot use Pride name. <coughs> but uh, I was thinking, you know, and uh, fight again in Saitama Super Arena and uh, feel that atmosphere and uh, who can pay that? Who can yeah. pay that? It makes me happy. Some people don't understand. Some people, believe me, some people don't understand. And uh, I don't expect them to understand. Not because they are stupid, because it's just because uh, they have never uh, uh, feel that kind of experience I did, you know. And for me, that's, that is something special. That is something special. Believe me. Uh, Saitama Super Arena is... Uh, the place where I feel happy, excited, you know, and uh, it makes me happy. Uh, some people are, uh, will never understand that because, and I understand MMA is brutal. Some people, some people commented that I'm, uh, I'm uh, desperate for the money. The money, the money was on the last, 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 last. Money was the last reason why I took, why I took the challenge, huh. and uh, it will be hard, you know. And I, I will do my best to prepare well. And I will do, I'm going there to, to win the tournament. If I don't believe I can win the tournament, I will never go there. Will I, will I win the tournament? I don't know. Competition will be hard. There will be, there will be young lions, excellent fighters, and, but I will definitely do my best. Believe me, I will do my best, and I will, be in, I will definitely be in the best possible shape. And uh, after that, everything is in a, in a, in a, in a God's hand. But... Uh, I will do my best, and it makes me happy. It makes me happy. Whatever some people will think about it, you know, it makes me happy. It makes Would me happy. And plus, plus, uh, plus, 
on top of everything, on top of everything, to be uh, completely honest, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't, I was so depressed and I was so happy, you know, to, to go away at the end. Even, even I was, I'm 42, you know, it's, it's normal time to go, to go in retirement and, uh, but I train every day. My body is in a really good shape. It's a re- really good shape. And, uh, the whole thing that happened with you said you know it, it just it just didn't it, it just it just shouldn't supposed to happen you know mm-hmm. it just shouldn't, shouldn't supposed to happen you know i could be warned or i could be at the end of the day suspended few months six months whatever you know and but when your tests come comes completely negative and you suspend that person for two years same sentence like some other fighters who was who 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 was caught after the fight, so they did the fight under doping, mm. under doping, under under prohibited substance that was found in their body, and we get the same sentence. Is it is it is it is it justice? Do you call it justice, Ariel? No, is no. Is it justice? No. Can you can you imagine that? Can you imagine that uh, two of us we met in the prison and asked you what uh, what did you do and. Uh, you said I slapped a guy. Ah, and how, uh, what was the sentence? Two, three years. And what did you do? I killed a guy with a gun. And I get the same sentence. Is that justice? Is that justice? No. Is that justice? And the, the, the way they treated me, you know, and I just, I just felt bad, you know, and trying, asking, asking, asking a, a fighter that uh, offering a fighter that he will be uh, that that suspension will be uh, reduced pull over, whatever, if, if I snitch someone, I mean, it's below, it's, it is below every level. That's, that's how I see it. Mm. That's how I see it. If I'm guilty, punish me, but don't, don't, don't come with, with that kind of offers, you know. Mm. And, and if you, and if you punish me for being completely negative, which means I didn't use any prohibitive substance, you cannot give me the same sentence for the people who did their fight. People who did, I don't want to mention any particular names, but in, in the last few months, there was some cases, mm. some famous names. Mm-hmm. They were caught after the fight. So they put the money in their pocket. They, they, they fought, they earned, they earned the money, and they get the same sentence like did, like, like I did. I mean, it's, it's, it's not fair. It's not fair, but let's not talk about it anymore. I just, I just had to mention it. I mean... <laughs> From my point of view, that's not justice. From right. my point of view, that that's, that is not justice. Is that part of the reason why you don't want to stop fighting? Like you, 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 you couldn't end this way. You're going to use that as motivation um, because you were well, very if, emotional. If I, if I didn't, if I didn't get, if I didn't get, get, the, uh, get the call from 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 Ryzen, I would stay retired. Oh, I mean, I would stay okay. retired. Even even I, even I have, and and I, I I'm I just want to thanks to everyone who everyone who who called me and offered me a fight, and I just didn't want to go and fight. But uh, since Japan is Japan, it, it, that's my that's my second homeland, and uh, and of course there there was always some, uh, you said there was always small reason, you know. It 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 was small reason, you know. It shouldn't. I have a, had a, such a rich career, and it shouldn't end that way, you know. Especially when I didn't nothing wrong, you know. Uh-huh. I did nothing wrong. And the, at the end of the day, uh, but. Who cares? You know, it, it, it's behind me. I don't. I don't want to break my head with that anymore. And uh, 
if what happened happened a little behind me now I will participate uh, participate the rising Grand Prix and uh, I'm sorry you know and uh, I could maybe I could even 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 be ready maybe I could in the UFC came first time in Croatia you know maybe I maybe I would maybe I would even participate if they if they would if they didn't give me two years and uh, sentence I mean the the there is no sense, you know, for the for. But anyway, anyway, I had I had a really really good time in UFC, and uh, I wish them all the best. And uh, they treated me well. They was correct in every day to, to me. And uh, but uh, my destiny is now to go in Japan and to do my best. You know, I will really I will really try try to, to win the tournament and. Uh, I will I will try to get my body in the best possible shape and but what happened happened you know hmm. what happened happened um, when we last spoke, it was end of November, November 30th to be exact. The last, you know, the few months afterwards, before you got the call from Sakaki Bara, um, what were you doing, like on a daily basis? How were you spending your days? Oh, I was, I was taking care. Most likely, I was taking care for the injuries. You know. Okay. I, w- I was, I was going every day for some kind of therapies. You know. In the meantime, once a day, I was doing uh, uh, running, a lot of stretching, and. Uh, I was doing some exercise I never did before, you know, like plank, plank exercise, you know, to stabilize my core and uh, to get rid of, of the pain in the back, etc., etc. You know, and uh, I did different kind of training and nothing special, nothing special, you know. And uh, I didn't start start working something else. Then at the end of the day, there is no need for that, you know. And uh, I. I made some smart investments during okay. my career, and uh, my life is secured, you know. And I'm going to fight again just because I like it, and it it, it makes me happy. Even even my family is unhappy, of course. Huh. <laughs> even they are happy, my my mother and my wife, you know. But they are they are keeping their mouth shut. But I I can see they are not happy, you know. They 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 were so happy when I decided to quit and. Uh, but now they are they're getting upset again, you know. I, I understand, you know. They do. This is violence, violent sport, and uh, anyone can can get injured, can get injured, you know, can get a serious injury. But uh, I will prevent that with the, with the hard preparation and uh, explain them that that, that that is my passion and uh, I'm professional and I will definitely be in a good shape, you know, and, and I will decrease the risk to the minimum of of getting any kind of injuries. Was it is it fair to say that you were getting bored? That it was like a little depressing not having a fight to prepare for, not having a training camp. Did you miss that sort of thing? That's that's a listen. That's a huge, huge, huge stress for everyone, for every fighter who, who has a, such a long career. Uh, I had a first fight, first professional fight in 1996. So it's 20 years wow. uh, in Japan in K1. So it's 20 years of career and. Uh, the feeling, the feeling uh, is uh, how should I describe the same thing like like people who who spend uh, who spend uh, twenty, thirty, or forty years in prison, and they re- then one day they release him, and they just they don't know they don't know how to function in the in, in the normal society, and they just, just they just don't want to go outside, they just don't want, want to stay to stay in the prison. Even prison is prison, you know. That's but for them it's their home, you know. The only home home they know, you know, when you spend thirty or forty years in the prison, uh, 
it's it's it's, it's strange, you know. You remember the the legendary legendary movie? I think it's uh, Show Showshank Redemption. Yeah, Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, when the guy is coming out and uh, he hanged himself, you know, because he didn't know how to how to how to survive in a, in, in a normal life. I mean, it's not it's not such a critical critical case with me, of course. But uh, you feel strange, you know. You are you are doing you are doing something for twenty years, and now you're supposed to stop. Okay, you can train every day, but there is no traveling around. There is no that there is no that adrenaline. Uh, there is no that stress. What, whatever comes with the fight, you know, it it, it it was a little bit strange. It was a little bit strange for me. You know? Wow. What what a comparison! I actually just rewatched that movie um, a week or so ago, and I remember that scene very well when he hangs himself. Um, uh, he doesn't know how to live in society. Um, you didn't you didn't you didn't get to that point, right? I mean, it wasn't that bad for you, right? No, I'm not that bad. Okay. I'm not that bad. I'm not that bad. Don't worry. Don't okay, worry. Good to hear. And, but the most important, most important thing is, it makes me happy. You know, and yeah. uh, some people. Is it most of the people or not? Doesn't matter. Makes no difference. Some people don't get it. You know, yeah. people who never try this, they don't get it. But I spent 20 years in one regime, two, training two times a day, traveling every two, three months, traveling for the fight, having a camp, training. You know, no matter how hard it is, it is very hard. It is very hard. Two trainings a day, and I had a disgusting, disgustingly hard training tonight. Wow. Three people were changing on me, and we are doing pads first round, ten minute rounds, and then two five minute rounds, and then then grappling, then uh, all kind of uh, of cardio things, etc. This morning it was uh, uh, running on a treadmill, stretching, uh, repeating the high kicks, etc., etc. But at the end of the day, who can pay it? I feel excellent. I feel I feel happy, and that's the most important thing. That's my life, and then uh, at the end of the day, I, I bring decision these decisions for 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 myself, right? That is a beautiful thing. I like that. Um, last thing yeah. for you, Mirko. Uh, is it fair to say that uh, Ryzen is your last stop? Like you're not going to fight anywhere else after this 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 run in Ryzen? No, I I I, I made a deal for this for this uh, Ryzen open open weight Grand Prix, and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Really, I don't know because uh, it is getting harder and harder for me to prepare. Not because not because. Not, I'm 42, but I don't feel old at all, you know, because uh, my cardio is excellent. Everything, everything is good. I I went through so many testing now uh, before before this uh, the, the, before these uh, preparations, and everything is really good. My recovering. Uh, there there are two uh, two things that you need to pay attention. You know, when when the fighter or a sportsman is old. One first thing is when you are not able to recover between two trainings. Mm. Recovery is slower and slower and slower. That's normal process. Some people are 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 finished in 32, 33, 35. Some people can manage to extend it to 45, 46. Remember Randy Couture, for example. Remember uh, uh, Dan Henderson. You know, and yeah. uh, they are extraordinary, extraordinary fighters. You know, and they they manage to extend they 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 uh, fighting fighting life period, you know, and, uh, but uh, I feel really good. But the problem is those uh, injuries I had, you know, and uh, after every hard training, uh, I had some kind of a liquid inside my knee. Mm. Nothing serious, nothing serious, you know, but uh, I, I need to, I need to put ice every, every time after, after jogging or and every, every, every morning, every, every evening. And 
it's it, it makes you it makes you depressed you know it makes you depressed sometimes it, it hurts but the the good thing is the good thing with this, with these injuries you know sometimes it hurts when, when I'm laying in the bed and I just feel some vibration in that knee but the best thing best of best of all is that I feel nothing I feel no pain when I train that's a good thing you know hmm. in the training I feel nothing I feel really good and that's that's the best thing that's why I like to spend as much as much time in the gym as possible when I train. I don't know how to explain it. When I do uh, kicking, uh, boxing, uh, grappling, I feel nothing. But sometimes when I'm when I'm sitting, especially when I drive when I when I drive a car longer than 15, 15 20 minutes, then I feel pain in in my knee. But I can train three hours and I feel nothing. Well, this is that's, great that's news. Interesting and uh, so training still makes me happy and. Uh, I can't wait for the next fight. And that's it. That's it. Well, I, I hope that that I explained everything. And uh, But, of course, there will, be, there will be people who who don't get it, you know, who don't get it. This is my life. This is makes me that makes me happy. And uh, they don't get it at that time aware of all kinds of risk. But uh, I will decrease that risk, of course, with, uh, with the hard trainings. And uh, so we'll see what, what happened, you know. And I, I would be the happiest man on the planet if I if I would be able to to to, to win the tournament. And one more, one uh, once more, I don't know if I will win the tournament. It will be hard competition, but definitely I will do my best. I will do my best. And uh, one more thing, I two years ago I watched. He's one of my favorite heavyweight boxers, Riddick Bull. Yeah. And uh, he had a fight in Thailand. In uh, in Thai box, I don't know. Have you seen that fight? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, he was doing uh, he was doing kick to Thai box, Thai box, and uh, he was he looked awful, you know, yeah. fat. Oh yeah, old, and uh, he fought with some twenty five, twenty six years. I think I think it, it was a Russian, young Russian guy. He kicked his kicked his ass so badly. It was it was really. It's really hard, hard to watch. The guy destroyed him with with low kicks, and uh, Riddick didn't know actually how to block it. You know, he destroyed his low kicks. It he he fell down. He was going on the ground, I think, four or five times. It was really hard to watch because he's a boxing legend, you know. And I I remember his his fight with with, with Evander Holyfield. I think it that's one of the best heavyweights bad heavyweight fight fight ever you know and uh, that is said I, I i just men- mentioned his his uh his his case because uh i would never let myself to get in that kind of situation you know mm-hmm. never never so it means um, most likely the money was was the reason that that's obvious right who would go in a, in a, in, a, in a such a terrible shape and you are aware that that somebody is going to kick your ass if if I if, if I don't believe that I can win the tournament, I would never go there. They can offer me I don't know how much money. Money there isn't such a money that is worth that is worth that that I that I uh, that I spent in a way on my on my career and on my reputation and uh, on my achievement in the sport. You know, of course there is no guarantee that you will that you will win the fight, but I will definitely never come in the fight. Uh, with, uh, out of shape, fat, and complete, completely dead. That's out of the question. That's out of the question. As long as I can prepare myself to fight on a high, uh, high level, that's okay. That's okay. And I'm reasonable. I'm reasonable enough. 
available enough and uh, I'm aware of everything, but I'm telling you, I'm training really serious, training hard, and that's most important. Well, Mirko, this uh, this warms my heart. Uh, I'm I'm so happy to hear that you're in such good spirits. It was it was tough to listen to you last time on the show, but this is a great story, and I wish you the best. And I really appreciate you coming on and uh, and 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 doing this interview with us. I know you don't love to do a lot of interviews, so this this means a lot. Thank you so much. Best of luck to you on September 25th. Uh, we will be watching, and hopefully, we'll talk to you after you win the whole damn thing. Good luck to you, my friend. Thank you very much. All right. There he is, the legend, Mirko Krokop. Amazing stuff from him, and what a difference from seven months ago or eight months ago, nine months ago when we last spoke to him. Uh, Let's move along. He's been very patient. Appreciate his patience very much. Benson Henderson is waiting for us on line number one. Benson, are you there? I'm here. What's up, buddy? I apologize for the delay. Uh, Mirko had a lot he wanted to get off his chest. No worries. No no, no need to apologize. I'm going after a legend in in Mirko Krokop. I'm a a patient man. Uh, Patience is a virtue. So uh, when waiting for a guy like that, take your time. Thank you. Um, it's it's kind of fascinating to hear him speak about the end of the road and not wanting to embarrass himself, especially when you consider how you've dealt with your career and saying at a certain age I want to stop and things. It, it, I don't know about you, but you know, as a fight fan, I found that to be fast. Just the way his mind was working, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've been lucky enough to, to talk to him a few times. We, we've talked to him and I about you know coming towards the end of a career and, and extending your career longer and making sure you do the right things, take care of your body. And, and Marco is very correct and when, when he talks about, like, um, with the science of sport, with the science of athletes uh, for longer periods of time, uh, we're learning how to take care of our bodies into a longer, you know, longer periods. People are living longer. People are learning to eat healthier and all the little tiny, tiny, small things that you can do to take care of your body, knowing to take care of your body from a younger age. Don't wait until you're 35 and then start taking your body. But taking care of your body when you're 23, 24, 25, knowing that you might, if you do it correctly, you could have a nice, long, good career into your 40s or so. Uh, so like knowing all that, keeping everything in perspective, like Mirko, Mirko was a super intelligent individual. The reason why he held a seat on his, in his, in his, uh, his national government, um, he, he's very aware and, and knows what he's talking about. Uh, sometimes I think, um, we, you know, obviously, um, speaking English, uh, sometimes some things are lost in translation or we don't realize how smart an individual yeah. is, but he's a super smart individual. If you, if you talk to him in his, his, his native language, like he can go on in, in even more super detailed depth, but his English is good enough, more than good enough that he can explain himself in English also. But sometimes you don't really uh, fully understand how, how smart the, the dude is. Okay, so let's talk about you. Uh, you return August 26th. You're fighting Patricio Pitbull, who's uh, typically a 145-er. Uh, this is happening at 155. Uh, it has been said that a title shot, I guess, could be at stake here. Were you surprised when you were told that it was Patricio Pitbull, who's typically a 145er, former challenger there, that he would be your next opponent and not one of the usual suspects at 155? I, I was a little bit surprised, but then when I, when I heard their reasoning, um, they said I could fight Chandler or Thompson next. I said, of course, you know, uh, Chandler, what do you want to fight for a belt? So Chandler has a belt. Let's, let's go get after him. Um, actually, this was right before, right right when Chandler it was scheduled to fight um, you know, for the for the open belt 
um, in the rack for a draft team. We're like, okay, well, he's the guy. You want to fight him next. But then he had a broken hand from his fight, so he's going to take a little while. He's going to be out. Thompson has uh, concussion problems, concussion symptoms from um, – one of his training partners, and you guys know me. Like, I want to fight. I want to stay busy. I want to stay after. I want to stay after it. Like, oh, well, you can fight, or you can you can wait till Chandler gets better and heals his hand. I'm like, come on, man. You know the question. You know the answer to that question. I want to fight. Put me in there. Give me a somebody. You know, so we'll find find somebody. Do something, guys. I want to stay busy. I want to stay active. Um, and so they um, threw out Patricio's name. I think he had a little bit of a reluctance uh, saying yes to the fight, but eventually, you know, he said yes, and I agreed to it. And there you go, my next opponent. You know, they're billing it as a super fight. You know, a lot of times you wish guys could fight from this weight class or that weight class or this organization. So, you know, you get a former, you know, 45 you myself, a former 155-pound champion, and you're gonna see uh, you're gonna see two guys throw down who have a lot left to prove. You know, both of us feel we have a lot left to prove, a lot left in our tanks, and we're you're gonna see it. You know, August 26. Um, so this is my first time talking to you since your debut back in April, and so I'm I'm wondering, in hindsight, obviously it didn't go your way. Was that all Koreshkov, or did the new cage new surrounding just the experience was, was it all a little too much like did you put too much on your plate moving up fighting for the belt in your debut the hoopla surrounding your signing you know the media all that stuff new cage new surrounding new organization was it was it all just a little too much in hindsight i think for sure you could say that there was a lot like played into the factor i don't make excuses i lost i got my butt kicked hmm. andre threw me a whooping i'm mad enough to, to accept it to take it and to move on and get better from a girl from me, you know um but yeah he, he he whooped my butt but um you know i wouldn't say it was just you know any excuses of this happening that happened this happening you know like the belt or case jitters first time you know in a new organization you know, this and that or whatever, you know, whatever the case may be. Uh, on top of all that, you know, Korshaw was really good. He had a great game plan. Uh, he executed it very well. Just plain kicked my butt. So, I got, you got to get your hats off to him. He did a great job. All of that being said, when I fight him again tomorrow, five rounds, absolutely. You better believe it. No, no, no problem. No hesitation on my part. Um I felt he was a better man that night, and he definitely did what he needed to do to his hand raise. But could I beat him, you know, tomorrow, tonight, five rounds? For sure. No problem. Let's do it. Um, but that's not the the route. You know, for me, it's going to be uh, 155 and getting a belt at that weight class. Are you done with 170 for now? I wouldn't, I wouldn't. I would not say done. I think there are some really, actually, super intriguing matchups at 170. Okay. Uh, belt. Some of the the VPs of Belt Belter are throwing some names out there. I'm sure you can can think of some names yourself. Uh, who they might be throwing around? I was like, yeah, that's really interesting. I, I would be okay with that fight. You know, uh, not for a belt, um, but some interesting matchups. And that's a, that's the reason why they signed me. They signed me. Belter signed me. They're paying me a whole lot of money. Because, you know, I have a good name and I put on exciting fights and I am willing to, I'm open to going 170, 155, wherever the most interesting fight is, you know, give the give the fans a great showcase. Uh, so, you know, I, that's what they signed me for. They signed me for big fights. I, I got I to deliver on my end. Considering you had been with Zufa for so long, what was it like just 
going through a new system, new employees, new people, new staff. You know, when you left, you you made a point to thank all the behind the scenes staff, which was a very classy move. Now all these new faces. I would imagine it kind of felt like the first day at school when you were, you know, a youngster. Oh, for sure. Was it weird? Yeah, for sure. How would you describe it? Definitely weird. Definitely, definitely, definitely different. You know, I tried not to. I wanted to, you know, give everybody their their due time and not just say, "Oh man, that's wrong." You're not supposed to do things that way. You're not supposed to do, you know, A then B then C. You're supposed to do C then B then A. You know, huh. I wanted to give it time and you know see how they see how they operate. You know, behind the scenes, and it's just super different. It, it is uh, a lot different than the way Zufa does things not bad or good or worse or anything just different and i just my first time you know being a, a main event in, in bellator seeing how they do this how they do that i was like oh that's different i didn't know you guys did that oh that's, that's weird that's different um you know my second time for sure having that experience knowing what to expect knowing what day to show up on and who's there and knowing the names and all that stuff i, I think for sure i'll be a, a lot more comfortable um going into this second Bellator fight. How about the circle cage as opposed to the eight-sided octagon? Did that mess you up at all? Um, I'm going to have to say circle cage, eight-sided octagon, no difference. Okay. Um, yeah, cage around you, just cage around you. I was running quite a bit in, in the last one against Andre, so uh, nah, no, 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 not a whole lot of big difference. Would you say that was the most frustrating night of your athletic career? Uh, no, no, for sure. The most frustrating night of my athletic career was my junior year in college. Huh. Wrestling at Dana College, I couldn't make it to the national finals. I lost because I looked at the freaking clock, oh. seven seconds left, and I got inside inside leg trip by a kid named Jake Diffenbach. Oh, I was so mad. I went backstage, and I I tore apart one of the one of the rooms, tore down the T V from the from the mount, smashed a mirror, like very out of character for myself. You know, I I'm more composed now, I'm older and stuff, but oh, I was very upset that, that night. But for sure, like Andre beat me up though, I was sad about that. I wasn't happy. But you know, a bubble in the bubble and you gotta learn from it, you gotta grow from it. I'm sadly at this point in my career I I've had a, a few tough losses. Losses I didn't necessarily agree with, but you know, judges gave to this guy or this guy got his hand raised whatever it happens you know so i'm okay with taking losses and, and taking on the chin and manning up and, and moving forward you know that's no problem um in life you know you need to have that quality you have to be able to do that if you lose and then you know you're undefeated champion and you're the best ever and you're the greatest then you end up getting very naked choked and then you lose and you fold and you lose three more in a row that's not good and you don't want to do that you, you got to prove your championship medal you got to prove your, your your character who you are deep down and bounce back you can't have three losses in a row that's not good you can't lose the, you know some girl and then that's the end of your career and you fade away from MMA and you never fight again you never do this yada yada no prove your champion fall seven times get up eight hmm um is it fair, you know, I remember talking to you in studio before the fight and you said you didn't know much about Koreshkov you, and, and I know the way you handle your career and the way you handle, you know, the upcoming fights, but is it fair to say that you were, I don't know what's the best word, like, and I hope you don't take this in a negative way, like a bit arrogant, like thinking like, oh, I'm the no, UFC no. guy, I'm going to smoke this guy, he's not on my level, like, did you, did you take him lightly? Andre? Yeah. No, for sure not. I don't, I don't take any of my opponents lightly. Okay. Um, going, I don't care who I face off against. I could be doing a, a local Arizona State tournament. You know, you know, um, Joe 
you know, just some guy, Joe, down the street who, you know, works a 40-hour week, 40 40 work week uh, in the jiu-jitsu tournament. I'm not taking him lightly. Uh, that, that's not that's not who I am as a person. That's not how I compete. I know for me, whoever I compete against, especially on that high of a stage, doesn't matter who I go against, um, they are going to bring their best. They're going to try and beat me up bad. Andre, I knew he was tough. I knew he was good. I, I didn't know much about him, but that was um, ignorance more than you know being arrogant. I just okay. didn't, I didn't. I was not aware of him. I did not know how good he was. Uh, but I take everybody. Doesn't matter who I compete against. I was at freaking. Um, where was that? The not the local YMCA. It's like an aquatic center, but local YMCA down the street the other day playing pickup basketball. With some kids. And I, I took those kids very seriously too. They were they were surprised by my veracity a little bit. Uh, Did they whoop you? But, yeah, it, uh, they got their hands raised at the end of the game. Wow. I, I, I would say it was it was more because of uh, my you know. That's all the team sport. You still have the team. It's, it's hard. You can't do it all yourself. That's right. And those kids are freaking the high school all stars, and they were throwing down dunks and stuff. Like, oh, you tall bastards! Did they, did they know who you were? Uh, yeah, they they knew who I was. They um, you know, a lot of respect. The kids are super nice. High school kids, you know, they're they're cool. Took pictures with me after and whatnot. Yeah, but they they knew who I was. <laughs> That is hilarious. I wish I had footage of that. And thus, once again, confirming my suspicions that you ain't got game. Oh, I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I'd say that uh, you still wouldn't want to see the court, Errol. Okay. No offense, but I, I know I know your game now. I, I'm, I'm wise to, to how you are. Talk a big game and right. start, oh, yeah, we're going to play basketball. And I, I go to your city. I was in your city with basketball shoes. And like, oh, wait, no, but... My my league doesn't have room, and they, did, they said the no. And my friend showed up, and I understand, man. I understand. Fair enough. You don't believe me? I tried. I really did. I made an honest effort. But uh, one day it will happen. I'm looking at our poster right now. Our our poster of our match. You dunking on me. It's a little weird, but uh, it will we're, happen. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. It's gonna happen. Uh, that that match on Spike TV would outdraw any Bellator show this year. You know that, right? You think so? Maybe, <laughs> no, I'm maybe. I'm um, uh, did you feel at all like you like? Was there any part of you that was like, man, I let them down. They invested a lot of me. They paid a lot for me. I was the big free agent catch, and I came up short. Did you feel that at all? Um, a little bit, I suppose. I I, I think it's like um, I would uh, use the analogy of like a NFL star after his rookie contract, he mm-hmm. got the big payday. And went to his new team, then has a bad first year. Like, oh, I'm better than that, guys. I'm sorry. Like, I had a bad year. I, you know, for me, it's one fight, but I had a bad fight. But I'm better than that, guys. I, I, I'll, I'll prove myself. Just don't, don't, don't give hope on me just yet, guys. Come on. Um, so I, I got you. I would use that analogy. I used it a couple times before. Uh, being a big free agent signing, uh, coming over, you know, trying to make a big splash, didn't quite go my way, but. Uh, I'm a, a true veteran of the sport. I, I've been through quite a bit of ups and downs, and um, I know what it takes to, to to bounce back and to not let it truly phase me, not let it you know crumble your spirit or, or crumble the, the belief that you have in so you have in yourself. I still know um, you know the best 155 pounder on the planet, and on the right night. You know, me performing at 100% versus any other 70 pounder performing at 100%, I, I think I'd get my hand raised. But if I perform at like 
95% and they perform at 100%, then I'll probably lose to some of the 70 pounders out there. But at 185, I don't think there's a lot of planet who can touch me. At mm. 170, you know, I have to be firing all cylinders. That night against Andre, I was not firing all cylinders, and Andre threw me a whooping. Um, the next big free agent is Roy McDonald, also fights at 170. Uh, Scott Coker said there's interest in him. Are you going to do any recruiting like we see in the other sports? Are you going to try to get Rory to sign with Bellator? Have you reached out? Has he reached out to you? Anything to report on that front? I, I have not had any talks with uh, Rory or any of Rory's people. Okay. He has not reached out to me. I, I haven't reached out to him. I, I, I think he has to do what's best for him. He has to do what's best for his family. You have to take stock. You have to truly like, look at the numbers, break it down. And he's a smart kid. He'll, he'll, he'll do what's best for him. Um, hopefully he does what's best for him and, and, you know, whether it's staying with the UFC, coming over the Bellator. Um, I mean, right now as a free agent, the, the world is oyster. He needs to enjoy this and, and take, you know, advantage of this, you know, small opportunity that we're afforded to, uh, to do what's best for him and his family. Are you happy with your decision to sign with Bellator? Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, there's, no, there's no look at some of the past 55-pound uh, champions uh, from the UFC, from Zufa. Look how much they're getting. Yeah. Compared to look how much I'm getting. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I am not complaining, man. Um, you, you had mentioned that the Reebok deal was a major reason why you decided to leave. Can you compare for us what you made in your last UFC fight from Reebok and what you made in terms of sponsorship for your Bellator debut? Yeah. Um, for my, my last uh, Bellator fight, I had one sponsor. And in that one sponsor, uh, just one, um, I was just shy of what I made for for the Reebok sponsorship, but I, I I am aware. I do know that it's gonna take a while to build up those sponsors again. Sponsors in the UFC was uh, at one point a very high high dollar amount. You know, you got paid quite a bit of money. Um, after you know the Reebok thing took over and all the companies kind of heard about that, the value went down a lot. And me, I I know playing with Bellator, the the value is not going to be exactly what it was at its peak in the UFC. You know, I have to build back up to that. And I'm a patient man, and I know my worth. I'm not going to sell myself short. If the Ritz Carlton has you know a hundred rooms and then they seventy five of the rooms are empty, do they rent out the room for any cheaper? Do they rent out the rooms for only a hundred bucks instead of you know the seven hundred, eight hundred dollar range that they normally rent out the room for for one night? No, they they know what the value of the room is. They know what their worth is, so they they hold to their worth of you know seven hundred, eight hundred dollars a night. Uh, I'm not going to sell myself short. I know my value is. I know my worth is. It is going to be harder to to find some sponsors uh, to to be back at that point, but I'm not going to sell myself short. Uh, I can't do that. Um, why did you just have one sponsor? Was it was it tough to get people on board? Uh, t- tough to get people on board a little bit. Like I said, with the with the sponsorships, yeah, you have to build yourself back up to that range. Uh-huh. So once sponsors start seeing some of the, the TV numbers, the the viewerships, all, how many how many eyeballs will be on their product. You have to, for for me as a as, as a fighter, it took me a while to learn all this. And you always have managers trying to explain to you, agents trying to explain to you. You always have the um, the sponsors themselves trying to explain to you, hey man, you know, we want to give you this money, but we don't see, we don't know the, the ROI, the return on our investment. We don't know if, if I give you this much money, or am I going to make this much money back? Like, they, there's no way to really truly uh, judge that, to weigh that. So some sponsors are still, you know, um, wary of, of dropping 
the, the same amount of money that were, they were dropping before. And that's my job to prove to them that I am worth it. Like, no, you, I understand you guys are, are hesitant uh, about, you know, sponsoring an athlete for this much money. Um, but when you see the, the numbers, when you see freaking, you know, uh, Spike TV pulling 1.1 mil uh, peak rating. Um, there was a playoff game that night, so if not for the play, the playoff game that went to overtime, I think it was the uh, Thunder versus uh, Thunder versus uh, Steph Curry's team. The of course, Warriors. the Warriors. Yeah. So, like, yeah. So that game definitely hit my my target audience, males, eighteen yeah. to you know whatever the age is. So that that kind of heard us on the viewership but when you know companies start seeing viewership they start seeing the the nielsen ratings being out you know 1.1 1.2 1.5 then they start to change their mind a little bit so i it's my job to to prove that i am worth it i am worth this number i am worth that number but it's a but it's a process it's not going to be easy but i never was looking for the easy way out either um recently you publicly supported uh, mark hunt um and I'm wondering, and, and you've said that, you know, you would be um, in support of a union. Do you feel like because you are a part of Bellator, you might get left out of that? Meaning if there is a union, um, there's a good chance because the structure of Bellator and the UFC is different, that it would be just sort of a UFC association of sorts and not a Bellator one. And, and will that bother you that you can't be a part of that? Or, or am I wrong? And do you think it will be more of a inclusive one as opposed to exclusive one? I am not... Uh as up on all the information okay. uh, I, I have talked to uh, mark hunt's people oh i've talked to uh kung lee and john fitch's people uh both want the same idea the same thing uh, fighters union fighters association um looking at different models to follow through with whether it's the tennis model or the, the international football model soccer model whether it's the, the basketball model um of which you know um, we are uh, individual sport so we can't exactly follow the nfl model you know um, we can't exactly follow the nba model and so it, it, but it, because we are individual sport um it won't necessarily be just a ufc fighters association it won't be just a bell fighters association it'll be, it'll be it will be a fighters association a fighters union of all fighters everywhere and then say you're uh, not quite to the UFC level, it's going to have to start small. Like everything, you have to start grassroots, build your way up, establish good, solid fundamentals, and build your way, build, build your fighters. So you're going to have to start smaller, like small, small, low-key. You have to, a, a few big-name fighters, you know, um, but then start smaller out and have all the local shows. So the smaller local shows, they're all going to have to be whatever, certified by the MMA, FA, the, the MMA Fighters uh, Association, um, or whatever the the name ends up being, they have to be certified by them. Otherwise, you can't get all the fighters who have the MMA FA cards. They won't fight for you. They they can't fight for you. They won't, they refuse to fight for you because you're not certified by the MMA FA. You're not doing it. So being a part of that, it means you have to give up certain things. You have to establish certain things. You have to do certain things for the fighters. You have to give a certain percentage goes to the fighters. If, if the live gate is you know ten thousand dollars, you have to promise to give at least maybe thirty percent or forty percent or fifty percent, whatever the percentage is, goes towards the fighters. And then the fighters will have our own lawyers and our own this and our own that to make sure that we get the proper percentage. And then that percentage goes towards the fighters and then they're paid, you know, wherever their, their, their rate is. And on top of that, the, um, you know, the, there, there, there's a, a whole lot to it. Uh, but no, it will not be, um, just a UFC fighters association or a Bellator fighters association. I, I, I'm from what I'm told from Mark Hunt's people from, uh, Kung, Kung Lee and, um, 
John Fitch's people, we're, we're looking at one association, one fighters union, uh, any body trying to separate the fighters, they're doing it for a reason. They're trying to separate to make our, our voice smaller, to make our, our pull, our demand smaller. Mm. So it would be very bad for us, detrimental for the fighters to, to separate at all. So like we, we need to stay strong. We need to be smart about it. We need to hire smart people to, to work for us. We got to hire smart lawyers and intelligent people who can uh, help guide us uh, in, in the, the formation of this uh, fighters association or fighters union. Are you confident that in your active career span that this will happen, that you will be a part of something like this? I started looking up um, some of the, the history of the, the, the Tennis Association, how many years it took them to, to form. I think they were founded in like 1940, something, if I remember correctly. I started looking up the um, even the, the English Premier League, uh, how they formed their association when they came together. And it seemed to take quite a while. It's, it's yeah. quite a lengthy process to really form. And then a lot of those organizations, like the, 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 the Tennis uh, Association, they were actually formed in in... in uh, association with the actual uh, governing world tennis tour or whatever it's called. I forget what the, what the acronym is for it. Um, but they were formed in association with them. So they, they even had the, the support of the, the main governing body and, and they still took a while for them to, to form their, their tennis association. Um, it'll seem to take a while. It's already been, I know a lot of guys have already been working on it for a couple of years now, but I'm not sure. I, I still, I'm looking to retire in, you know, not too long. So I'm not sure if it'll get done in my uh, fighting, you know, time period, but definitely if not while I'm fighting, I would say probably a couple of years after that. You still there, Benson? Did I lose you? Benson? You got me, Ariel? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought you cut out there for a second. Um, no, sorry. And, and this is fascinating stuff. I feel like I could talk to you about this stuff forever, but I'm just curious. You saw um, what happened to Cyborg Santos with his um, skull getting fractured. Does that give you any pause? Ooh, yeah. Does that make you like rethink the sport, your place in the sport, your future, your health? How, how do you internalize that? Uh, I would say to that, like, did you see the Olympics, the, the guy on the, uh, yeah. the vault of the, the beam and his French. leg shattered? Yep. There's, there's always you know, horrific, bad accidents in any sport. Uh, if you're an equestrian, dear, dear Lord, some of the accidents they have because they're dealing with horses and stuff. So you're going to have horrible, horrible, sad accidents um, no matter what sport you do. Uh, for MMA, that was a pretty bad one. Your your face, your skull, your forehead being broken like that. Yeah, it looks nasty. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a part of sport. If you if you ride horses, you gotta be you got to be aware horse you know you you walk the wrong way not paying attention the horse just kicks back there were, there was just an accident just recently with a horse breaking you know some dude's ribs and like it being like uh life-threatening so to speak so like there's there's a, always risk and dangers no matter what sport you do playing softball and then you take a, a, a you know a, a fast pitch to the face like that's that's pretty scary stuff too. I've, I've seen plenty of orbitals yeah. broken in, in softball and baseball so uh, it's, it's a part of sport it's one of those things you have to realize, you have to accept, and you have to go forward with. Um, last question for you, Benson. And again, thank you very much for the time and the candor and the patience. As always, uh, you were in Mackenzie Dern's corner for her debut. What do you think her ceiling is and how long, realistically, because she's talking about UFC in 2017, how long before she can compete with the best in the UFC, in your opinion, as someone who helps train her and corner her? 
Uh, I would say, first of all, Mackenzie Dern, if you have not heard of heard of it yet, let me be the first one to tell you she will be bigger than Ronda Rousey before Ronda Rousey got, uh, wow. before she lost. Wow. She, she's going to be huge. She's going to be big. Uh, she has a excellent work ethic. She's a multi, in case anybody listening does not know, go look her up. She is a uh, multiple-time Jiu-Jitsu world champion. She's won ADCC. She's won Abu Dhabi. She's won Worlds. She's the current number one ranked uh, female Jiu-Jitsu practitioner on the planet. So she has amazing uh, work ethics. She's an amazing athlete. Uh, she definitely needs to work on her MMA skills. Her ground game is phenomenal. Um, any woman on the planet gets to go to the ground with uh, Mackenzie, and Mackenzie's going to tap her, you know, uh, or just dominate her like she did her, her first opponent. Uh, her her jiu-jitsu is so good fundamentally that it transitions well into jiu-jitsu. It's not like some of the jiu-jitsu people who try to transition over to MMA. It's all about flash and fancy leg locks and this and that, and then you're getting punched in the face. And you had a, a more than a, a good handful of guys trying to segue over into MMA, but their jiu-jitsu game is so particular that they don't really uh, transition very well in the MMA now. They don't really have the sort of success that they had in jiu-jitsu. They don't have that success in MMA because the fundamentals aren't very strong. McKenzie's game is great for MMA because her fundamentals are so strong. Because the fundamentals are so strong, allows her to do some fancier stuff on the ground. And then because her fundamentals, because her fundamentals are so strong, it allows her to um, uh, do well in MMA also. And I, I think, you know, she, her working her butt off staying, you know, grounded in the MMA world, getting better, growing. She's super young. Like she's going to be a, a big, huge star. You're going to see her in, in 10 years. You'll see her in movies and stuff. And she's, she's going to do great. She's going to be awesome. Wow. She happens to be my, my son's uh, godmother. She, she's going to be, she's going to be amazing. She's one of my, my wife's one of my wife's best friends. Um, uh, you know, good training partner. She's trained with us for ever since she first started, uh, Thinking about training MMA, she's training at my gym, and she's in. She's in a. You know, the world's gonna be her oyster. Wow, glowing! I don't think you could beat that kind of praise from Benson Henderson. It's gonna be hard to. The, the problem is living up to it. Yeah, that is true. You, you get punched in the face, you get kicked, you get sad, you try and you get a triangle choke, and you get you know knee to the ribs. Like living it up is gonna be hard. But I, I think she has all the tools, she has all the skills to do just that. But when you do have that much praise, it is that much tougher to have that success. So it's almost a gift and a curse, you know, it's, it's almost a, a good thing, bad thing kind of a thing. She has a, a ton of, uh, you know, uh, me personally, I, I think she can do great, but man, it's going to be hard for her to live up to it. Well, she's very lucky that she has both you and John Crouch, two of the best in her corner, and it was fun to watch her debut. I'm looking forward to seeing if she lives up to all of that promise in the next few years. For now, thank you so much, Benson. Really appreciate the time. Best of luck to you August 26th in Anaheim, California, the pond, site of so many great MMA fights. This time, it will be the uh, the venue for Benson Henderson versus Patricia Pitbull. A very, very interesting card for Bellator, by the way. Um, some other names, Bubba Jenkins, who will be joining us later, AJ McKee on that card. How about Kimbo Slice Jr. also on that card? So thank you very much, Benson. Appreciate it, and uh, best of luck to you. Thank you very much, man. Thank you guys. Tune in. Free on Spike TV. God bless, brother. All right, there he is. Benson Smooth Henderson stopping by. Great stuff from him. Um, actually, we will be talking to one Bubba Jenkins in around 20 or so minutes about his fight on that card. He has a lot to discuss as well. Uh, for now, let us welcome in Mr. New York Rick. Things got a little bit delayed 
Uh, we can blame the potentially future heavyweight champion, Alistair Overeem, for that. But nonetheless, a fun show thus far. Still a little bit more to go. Mr. New York Rick, are you there? I'm here. Oh, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. A bit of a different angle this time for you, camera angle. It's a little bit... Maybe. A little bit zoomed out. I'm used to getting good, good. up get close more, and personal with the, uh, with the pores. <laughs> <laughs> the, well, you uh, know what? Then the maybe this is, this is what we'll go with from now on. Um, I usually check in with New York Rick before the show as he's working on the graphics and whatnot. True or false, New York Rick, you were playing Pokemon Go back there as you were working on the assets for this show. I'm never not playing Pokemon. Your phone was, I mean, the, the, the lack of respect and regard for your coworkers was just, I mean, this was my, the phone was just there and I saw something like level up 24, right? You Let were, the people know 24, baby. Was it 24? 24. I don't even know what well, that you means. Well, think you think I don't see you eyeballing it? <laughs> you think I don't see you? I made a mental you? note. Um, yeah, come on. I'm never not playing Pokemon. Scale of one to ten, how crushed are you that Mirko Krokop announced? Wasn't playing really <laughs> yes. Pokemon. Uh, one of our um, Ina, who who often writes into the show, um, let me know on Twitter that he wasn't playing Pokemon previous to this, and I was, how I was heartbroken she know? when she know. She seems to know everything about uh, Mirko and, and Croatian. Uh, uh, fight sports. So yes. shout out to her. Um, she let me know and, and I was crushed then. Now, you know, it was just the second time I heard it. I, I wasn't too... Well, thanks for telling me. I wouldn't have wasted a question on that. You know, she tweeted both of us. Oh, I didn't Some people that. pay attention. Some people yeah. don't. There's Maybe instead of watching what I'm doing on my uh, phone, pay attention to the people tweeting at you. Well, you know, yesterday I made a cardinal mistake. Uh, I promised myself after the Kevin Owens debacle that I would <laughs> stop addressing the... Uh, pro wrestling community in any kind of negative light, I guess you can call it that. And uh, I made the mistake. I was at the pool with my kids and they were swimming. I wasn't, I, I, I checked in on this whole Conor McGregor versus WWE thing. I said, I'm not touching this one. I, in fact, someone texted me about it and I said, I am tempted to touch it. I am not going to touch it for this very reason. And then I was alone for a few minutes and then I, I fell into the trap. I touched it and then hell ensued because I got every 13-year-old booger eater writing me things on Twitter trying to... I mean, could they have not proven my point any better, right? I mean, they actually just proved my point. You proved my point. Like, stop care. You remember when Dana White did the same thing where he called pro wrestling... I think he called it fake, and that pissed everyone off. It was the night of a pay-per-view, and Randy Orton weighed in. Do you remember this, like, a, a year or so ago? Uh, I do remember, yeah. He, I think they were comparing the network to Fight Pass, and he's like, well, we don't you know, do fake stuff, something like that. And someone asked Paul Heyman about this at a show that he was doing a Q&A and asked his comments or his thoughts on it. And Paul said something to the effect of, I couldn't care less what Dana White thinks about my sport, and he shouldn't care less what I think about his sport. What I'm trying to say is, why do they get this worked up? Why, do, like Conor McGregor said something that you hear on a playground among, you know, third graders, and this prompted a response that you would only hear from fellow third graders, like, "Oh yeah, you're the size of my leg. I could beat you up. Oh yeah, I can make more money than you. Oh yeah, like we don't have the featherweight division in WWE. Thus, you're what? Like th these were the comebacks." Um, to me, the only thing that I could come up with was that like they sent a mass email to all the wrestlers say like, oh, you know, take the bait here. 
get some notoriety, get some publicity, and let's try to run with it. Because I can't imagine them really being that insecure. Now, the fans writing to me and some of the other wrestlers or personalities writing to me, I think they were really just trying to prove my point. I don't know why they would. Why would they care? Um, but I was just I was just baffled by these responses that I couldn't take it anymore. I had to say something. I was just amazed. It blew my mind. You got gotten to. That's all I can say. You got gotten to. You you are advocating them to forget about it and not respond. Why did they take the bait? They're third graders. Well, guess who took the bait as well? No, One I didn't take, Ariel I didn't, t- I didn't take the bait. I didn't you took take the, the bait. bait. No. They baited you, and you who responded. Who baited me? Well, I guess. No, but the you, difference is they were being serious. They were being serious. They were actually legitimately offended, insecure. Like, we do we are, know this for a fact? Oh, well, I've, 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 I've reached out. I've, I've done my due diligence. You know what's the funniest thing about it? I said that at the end of the day, shouldn't they be more annoyed at Brock Lesnar? He's the one who Connor was talking about. He's the one who failed the two tests, and he's the one who, in light of his drug test failures, exposed the wellness policy that they do such a great job of promoting and saying is uh, on the up and up for what it really is. He's the one that exposed that the quote-unquote part-timers don't get tested. And I mentioned this, and everyone wrote, I got so many replies, aren't you a real journalist? Shouldn't you know that the wellness policy is only for the part-timers. Well, again, I did my due diligence. This wasn't public knowledge. This wasn't public knowledge before Brock popped and this news came out and WWE sort of exposed themselves saying, look, we don't test this guy. This wellness policy isn't for him. It's for our day-to-day people. Now, who's day-to-day, who's not? We can only guess. But you get what I'm saying? Like These people who are like, well, we all knew this. No, actually, you didn't. Brock exposed it. So this wellness policy that you all keep... And what the hell is a wellness policy? Like, Why don't we just call it a PD policy, a drug testing policy? Like, what is a wellness policy? This wellness policy that you keep saying is like, you know, so clean and we like to, you know, weed out the, the drug teachers. No, it, it, it actually didn't exist for your biggest stars. Some of their biggest stars are quote-unquote part-timers. They actually weren't being subjected to any kind of drug testing. That's who you should be upset at if you're a fan of the sport and care about the sport. And I have the utmost respect for pro wrestlers. I really do. I mean, I wasn't taking a shot at them necessarily. I was taking a shot at these you know, sports entertainers who should know a thing or two about selling an angle, selling pay-per-views, you know, at the end of the day, what was he really saying? And then, and then they come out and like, they, it's this insecurity that, no, 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 if you criticize my sport, let me show you how tough I really am. That's the part I don't get. Like, why do you care when he says this? Unless you're trying to get a match with him at WrestleMania. Then I get it. But otherwise, the guy calls you a, a, a P-U-S-S-Y and says he could slap your head. And this is what prompts this amazing amount of tweets and reaction. I don't, I mean, to me, it's just baffling. I couldn't believe it. Could you imagine Andy Kaufman? in 2016, saying things like this, how would Twitter and fellow pro wrestlers react to his comments? Do you get what I'm saying? Like of all people, they should be the ones who understand what Connor was doing. I think you're getting worked. I'm not getting worked. worked. I'm actually not getting worked. It, it, to me, it was just, it was so mind blowing that they were reacting this way. And then I sent out my tweets, which I instantly regretted because I'm now subjected to like the most, I mean, I mean, I mean, the, See, the, that, the, the that, lowest comment. I'm being subjected to this. And thus, in their responses, they are proving my point. That's the amazing part about it. There's two separate entities here, They are proving here, my though. point. The WWE wrestlers. Who I was strictly referring to. I wasn't talking about anyone else. I was talking about the wrestlers trying to show 
who was the tougher man, who was the bigger guy. I wasn't talking about the fans. I, I mean, I guess. Oh, so the wrestlers are responding and saying. No, and thus, after my tweets. You see, then, I think there's two things here. I think the wrestlers are working you, and you're by. You're, eating it up you're i'm not eating hooked. it up i just you're, can't believe that they're th- this is their approach like why these, it's it's working it's We're elementary talking about them mm-hmm. the same way that t- the wrestling world is talking about conor mcgregor i don't subscribe believe it or not to the notion that all good press or all press is good press just because we're talking about it doesn't mean it's good sometimes it's stupid i think th- i think both sides achieved their goals here i think conor mcgregor brilliantly got the wrestling world to speak about him oh is he gonna fight at wrestlemania is he gonna do this and that um he's got a fight upcoming it was brilliant and i think the wrestling world is now back on the radar in in our sport after brock just stepped away now now it's even there's more even more wrestling talk i think everybody got uh everybody got what they wanted out of this scenario except for you when you got the fans responding to you and you know not getting it i understand that what what cracks me up is a lot of the responses are, aren't you the guy who cried on his show to get his credentials yeah, back? Which is that. actually not, I mean, it's actually not factually correct. Um, but to me, anyone, and, and I've heard this from you know, all walks of life at this point, anyone who uses that as any kind of insult, to me, you're saying a lot more about yourself than you are trying to say about me. Like the fact that you are resorting to like, aren't you the guy who cried? Like this is some sort of great sin, this great crime that I that that I committed. I think you're really just exposing something about yourself. And 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 I am open to it. I know it's going to come. I knew it was going to come the the day it happened. And, and I don't even know if crying is the best way to to describe it. But whatever the case is, whatever you want to say, it's all good. But I I just the part what I'm the point I'm trying to make is. All these responses did was prove what I was pointing out. That there's this insecurity. Like to me, if I was a fan of this stuff, I would read what Connor said. And I'd be like, haha. I'd even retweet it when he said it because it's like, oh, that's Connor being <laughs> Connor. This is funny. Let's move on. And then to see, you know, the way that they reacted to it, to read the way they reacted to it, is just. I mean, to me, it was just mind blowing. I, I just couldn't believe it. But I guess you know. Yeah, you know. John Cena is the toughest guy in the world, and they have to defend that. I understand. They have to it. defend it. They, they, I got some other wrestlers being like, and the funny thing is, I'm like, oh, cool. Taz is writing me. This is great. You know, oh, no. like this is awesome. What did he say? Oh, I don't know. He's like, oh, we're defending our sport, and oh, how you know th- this is what's sticking up. Okay, okay, you're defending. Like, what are you defending from? Like some right, attack? Now, that's that's now now I'm lost. Uh, oh. Just do me a favor and read my mentions over the last 24 hours. <laughs> I didn't know so. that the wrestlers themselves. Yes, were man, I got Velvet they're Sky. Taking, they're either taking this really far, um, or there's something. There's no, something I just couldn't believe. That's the thing. I just couldn't believe it. All right, it was just amazing. They were like, they were actually. I got uh, Mark Madden, the former WCW announcer. Like, I have respect for all these people. I have nothing. Uh, how dare we stick up for our sport and what we believe in? What are you talking about? He just he was talking about Brock and he was talking about your. Your, your sham of a quote-unquote wellness policy. That's it. No one was criticizing you as entertainers. No one was putting you down. No one was degrading you. No one was trying to say that you are not worthy of the attention and money and praise that you all received. No one was saying any of that. And yet one stupid comment resulted in all these big names talking about it. Do you get what I'm trying to say? It was just like, what? Sure. Come on, guys. You're better than that. That's what I was trying to say. You are better than this. Don't fall for it. But maybe there's a bigger picture here. He shows up, wrestles one of these people at a yeah. at a WrestleMania, and, and we're the dummies. Connor right? has done it again, as always. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about MMA now. Yes. Three questions. I'll fold them into one. Wow. We've got Yair Rodriguez. We've got Teruto Ishihara, obviously, and uh, Cub Swanson. 
Talk about you know those three performances. What's next for these By guys? The way, never ask me a question with talk about at the beginning of it. I mean, that is the pet I'm peeve not, of all listen to peeves. Listen to me. This I am not a, a journalist. <laughs> I am not a journalist, and um, you are not my interview subject. Excuse me, uh, Stefan. Talk about the uh, third okay. quarter. What? How did you feel? Yeah. <laughs> that Yair, Yair Rodriguez. Yes. How do, you, how do you feel his performance? Uh, how would you grade his performance? On, okay. Uh, well, okay. How about this? I'll give you a pro wrestling example right now when speaking of Yair Rodriguez. Yair Rodriguez against Alex Caceres reminded me of a 2000, and this is for my boy John Pollock, if he's listening, a 2006 TNA spot fest. Do you know what that means? Yeah, like high stunts, right? Like One after the next, after the next, after the next, thus sort of desensitizing us to the entire thing altogether. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do, It it reminded me of like, who was that guy in in TNA that was a Canadian guy who used to do like this crazy flip and he would would wrestle AJ Styles and the whole thing would just be flip after flip after flip and this is what ultimately, in my opinion, was ECW's demise because it was just too much of a crazy thing and too much of a crazy thing then just becomes a normal thing. So the spinning after the spinning after the spinning after the spinning, by the end, it was just like, okay, this is, I mean, I feel like we kind of, we're shooting blanks now come the fourth and fifth. All that being said, I reiterate what I said at the beginning of the show, which was he's a big star. They need to keep building him up. He should probably be fighting if he's healthy in Mexico City. I mean, this is someone that they can really do something with. I mean, I don't really know why he was fighting in Salt Lake City of all places, but regardless, he's got something. And I actually think that he could be a bigger star than Kane over there if he's not one already. So I I enjoyed the fight. I just thought it was a lot of the high spots back to back to back. You get what I'm saying? I uh, completely understand what you're saying. Um, I, you know, I thought it was a a good fight. I wasn't, you know, Twitter seemed to be blown away by it. I didn't have the same reaction to it. I thought it was good. It was a solid performance. Um, But I didn't, I definitely understand what you're saying, that it was a bit of here's trick after trick after trick. Um, Let's kind of see an actual fight at some point. Yeah. And I don't Um, know if that works against the creme de la creme of the division. I mean, that's yet to be seen, but creative strikers are, are, a thing that that's been successful recently sure. uh, in particular. So um, I, I don't, I'm not sure that we'll see, uh, a, you know, this fight replicated anytime soon. I think it'll be a little di- bit different. And a lot of people are not going to be like Alex Caceres as he climbs up that ladder um, and be equally as inventive and kind of, you know, wild. Um, so I think we'll see something different, but either way, like it was a fine fight. I enjoyed it, but it wasn't, um, it wasn't it was this, what it was, right? Yeah, the, it was, the whole card exactly. really was what it was. Like, well, I, how about this? Yeah. How about sexy horror? Talk okay, about so, it. So, so Talk I, about but, it. But, no, but I just want to say, like, I felt like a lot of people were willing this card to be one of those, like, oh, it was unheralded going in, and look how great it was. It was what it was. Well, until the main card, it was that card. Yeah, I know. But you know what? When you're watching the main card at, like, 11, 30, 12, and it's going the way it was, I mean, can't even get a, a freaking Talos Latest walkout, Three Little Birds. The whole thing falls a little short. You get what I'm saying? The moment that main card started, it... <laughs> Dips. Yeah. Um, so, ECR, I want to say this about Teruto. He is incredibly entertaining. Yep. The the interviews are fun. Yep. The fighting is fun, most importantly. Yep. Uh, the post-fight was fun. The shout-out to the mother was fun. The Twitter posts are fun. It's all very fun. It's somewhat different. It's unique. It's refreshing, especially for a Japanese fighter. Often, like, like if you compare him to some of the other great Japanese fighters of the last five years, I think of like a Kawajiri, um, a Gomi, a Yushinokami. They're all very reserved, right? For the most part. Yep. He's the complete opposite. But I will say, though, the reaction is interesting because, I mean, like, I often see people getting offended by certain comments. Like, we get offended when 
Sterling calls Brian Caraway Mrs. Caraway. Oh, no, wait. Mrs. Tate, right? Or Mr. Tate. Mr. Tate, yeah. I screwed that one up. Mr. Tate. But, like, he is skirting the line here, right? I mean... Is I, he? I mean, he's calling he's calling females bitches. Is he calling females bitches or all his fans bitches? Uh, I mean, guys included? Yeah, why not? I don't know. I mean, I don't see a lot of guys in those parties that he's posting pictures of. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's choosing which bitches to spend some time with. Is uh... no, I, I just... Look, I'm enjoying it. I just... I just want to say, like, he needs to be careful. The bigger he gets, sure. And I don't want to be Mr. PC Police because you know that stuff annoys me. Um, I just hope he doesn't get himself in trouble because the reaction has been so good. He's getting this feedback. You continue to push, 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 push. I can see. Remember when Connor was getting bigger, 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 and then he had that picture of the girl at the strip club yeah, yeah. with the butt, and then he got a little bit of hot water for that. And then there was another time where he mentioned something about Misha Tate. And Ronda Rousey and toes. I think there was toe sucking involved. Do you remember that whole thing I on do. Facebook? Yep. I think he learned his lesson that like you can only push so much. So I hope, and maybe English not being his first language will help him. I hope Teruto doesn't suffer the same kind of fate. You get what I'm saying? I do. Um, but I think for now this is something fun, and I don't think it's gender specific. I think I think we're all his bitches. To right. be honest, I don't know. Um, I, th- I think you're doing some selective listening there, but maybe, fair enough. maybe you are a Teruto Mark, aren't oh, you? Oh, for sure. <laughs> um, he's just he's got something. He's got something. Um, <laughs> what it is, um, I think, is uh, is yet to be seen because so far he's been hitting one note. Let's see the second one. Yeah, but, uh, I like it. It is exciting to have a prospect coming out of Japan. And I will just say this about the Cub Swanson fight: um, you could have made a case for that being the main event. To be honest, sure. Uh, and I think that was the past. best fight yeah. of the night. And it, it certainly delivered. And I think very telling that they would put that fight on Fight Pass. Um, I mean, that they could have used that fight on the uh, the FS1 main card or prelims, right? So I thought that was very telling about the direction of the UFC and, you know, what they're putting on Fight Pass as opposed to FS1. Okay, I'm going to leave you with this one. Connor and Nate, they seem to be in partial agreement. There was a press conference. Um, they a seem conference to- call, to be exact. Yes. Another pet peeve of mine when people call it conference calls, press conferences. Oh, my, my apologies. Uh, I, I apologize for, for questioning the sanctity or for, for infringing upon the sanctity of the conference call. Uh, Connor and Nate, they seem to be in, in a parallel track. They seem to be on the same page, much more so than they were in the lead up to the, the first fight. Um, how do you, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? What are your thoughts on them seeming to be more in sync than uh, enemies? Uh, if you could call it that, leading into this rubber uh, into this fight, and what do you think about the idea that they both seem to be open to a rubber match, uh, which is more cooperation from them versus uh, saying, you know, I don't want to fight this guy again or anything like that? Well, how about this breaking news here? Um, you know the guy who who created the Korean Zombie T-shirt. Remember the infamous Korean Zombie T-shirt? Uh, yeah, Tricosta, the company. Yeah, but the guy who designed it, who drew it, is this guy named Ted Park. And um, I think it was Tricosta, by the way, or Costa. Okay. Maybe it's Costa, you're right. Anyhow, um, side note, Korean Zombie coming back in around two months. I, I'm just looking at my Twitter here. Ted Park, great guy. He actually uh, made me a couple logos, has, has, has drawn some things. I mean, a real great guy. And I just saw that he tweeted this, which I found to be fascinating. I've only ever used Twitter to sell, brag about, or ask for something. And now knowing I'm blessed to have everything and deserve nothing, goodbye and praise God. I mean, what a way to go out, right? There you go. Retiring from Twitter. That's big news. 
Is it? Okay. Um, anyhow, back to uh, your question. If you recall, if you saw the UFC 202 pre-fight press conference that uh, happened two days before UFC 200, the first question, was it the first question? Maybe it was the second question, or it might have been the first. One of the top two questions that I asked Connor was, yeah, I know that you want the fight back, you want the rematch, you want to get him back, all that stuff. But deep down inside, there seems to be a respect brewing between the two. There seems to be this, this bond that has been forged since 196, the 200 drama, and the buildup to 202. And he said that, yeah, you know, there's a Kanban, but make no mistake about it. I want to be in him and, and all that stuff. And I think we got another glimpse of that on Friday during the conference call. I think we saw once again that, look, there wasn't a lot of crap talking. There was some comments here or there, but both these guys know that they make the most amount of money right now fighting each other. Both of them recognize what they did for each other, which was Connor giving him the shot at 196 when he could have gone to Cerrone and others, which was Diaz turning down any other fight at 200 um, and waiting for Connor. And it was them agreeing to fight at 202. They've helped each other out. They've made each other a lot of money. Uh, they are on the same page. And so that's kind of fascinating to see in its own right. And I'm curious to see what that is going to transition into come fight week next week in Las Vegas prior to UFC 202. I think that's a really interesting thing. And by the way, so much so, there's so much respect between the two that Connor's talking about the trilogy even before the rematch. And, and I will say, and this is for all those people that are saying like, I'm coming to Connor's defense. Make no mistake about it. Connor McGregor doesn't need me to back him up, to defend him. I was not doing that. You know, I wasn't tweeting about the wrestling thing um, to defend him, to come to his defense, to be a white knight. I was just simply noting um, that the reaction was a little bit overblown and felt like it was coming across as insecure while I do have a lot of respect for the pro wrestling community. But Connor saying that the trilogy is coming, that he feels like they're going to do business beyond this second fight on August 20th, to me, feels like a misstep from a promotional standpoint. Dare I say it is promotional malpractice. Why? Because you need to tell the world that this is one night only, that this is going to be the rematch of all rematches, that if you miss this one, you're going to be the only person in this entire world that is going to miss this fight, that the world will be watching, that it's going to be fireworks, that it's going to be can't miss, that it's going to be something unlike anything you've ever seen, that it's going to be unique. If you're telling the world that if you miss this one, there will be a third one, to me, it makes the second fight feel not as special. You know what I'm saying? If you're telling the world that there's going to be one after this one, now people might skip it. I don't know if that's actually going to happen, but why even say that? Again, I appreciate the honesty, but from a promotional standpoint, from a promoter standpoint, and he is as smart as any in this game currently, I was surprised that he went that route. I was surprised that he said that. He has said that in the past, but this close to this one, you're basically telling people August 20th, it's going down, but oh, by the way, if you miss it, there's going to be one more. And that feels like a misstep. So it wasn't all home runs on Friday during that conference call. It wasn't all amazing. And for the most part, it was interesting. Good comments back and forth. If you missed it, the replay is up on our website. For now, let's go to our last guest of the day. Excited to talk to this guy. He fights Georgie Karakanian on August 26th. That same card 
that Benson Henderson is headlining against Patricio Pitbull. His name is Bubba Jenkins, and he is joining us right now via the Magical Skype. There he is, Bubba, half his face, but What's I do up? see him. Bubba Jenkins, how are you? You see me, my man? Oh, now I see you. There are those lovely eyes. Get that facial features in there, baby. That's right. Okay, there's a lot to talk to you about, my man. Uh, you are a... Uh, is it fair to say you are a bit disgruntled right now? I mean, I've seen you go on Twitter. You're, you're tweeting up a storm. You are pissed off that you are now on the prelims of this card. Is that accurate? Yeah, well, I just wanted to create some noise so I can, uh, you know, get all the people to watch me as much as they can wherever I am, whether it's on the prelims or on the main card. I basically wanted to pull some uh, a Connor card, as you was talking about Connor, and, uh, you know, get everybody involved on social media to, to follow me, basically. Now, you know, and is, it definitely went trending number two, so I was, I was happy about that. Okay, but this is an important fight um, for you, for the division. When you were offered this fight, when you were first approached by Beltar, were you told initially that it was going to be on the main card? Yeah, um, I, I was told initially it was going to be on the main card. Um, the first fight that I actually had with Georgie, this is uh, Georgie Bubba J2, and the first fight that we actually had was co-main event. So it was pretty disappointing to hear that it was on the prelims. I obviously have friends back home and tons of people who want to throw Bubba J fight parties, so to not have that opportunity kind of was like, oh, man. But, you know, I'm excited either way. The, the results will be the same. The fight's going to go the way I planned it, and, and I'm excited about it. Um, what was the reason that you were given as to why – they bumped you to the prelims. Uh, I believe the show got shortened. Um, I think it uh, went from a three-hour broadcast to maybe a two-hour broadcast. So, okay. You know, I think. I think. And, I, I mean, that's the reason I got. <laughs> and, and 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 here you are tweeting about it and being very vocal about it. Have you heard from anyone at Bellator? Like, hey, man, can you cool it on this stuff? Like, like, maybe, like, are, do you think they're upset? What do you think? Has anyone reached out to you? Um, no one's reached out to me, but I, I think it's you know along the lines of promoting the fight. You know, sure. if, I mean, people want to if people want to see me fight, or if people are making a noise about it, um, they're going to go to the prelim cards on you know SpikeTV.com and check out the fight, or they're going to look for it on Spike TV regular TV and try to you know see if I'm actually if Bellator actually pushed me up or did whatever. So I think I'm promoting the fight like they want me to do, and you know I don't think it's you know I think any publicity is good publicity. <laughs> yeah, yeah, to a degree, yes, not not all the time, but I do think that you're doing a good job. Of promoting the fight. I mean, here you are talking about it on 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 this very show. Um, yeah, I got a, I got on your show doing it. <laughs> that's right, and I and I heard that that was on on the bucket list, right? You've wanted to be on this show for quite some time. Come on, man! MMA, the MMA hour. That's definitely on everyone's bucket list. I don't care if they lie to you and tell you that it's not. <laughs> oh wow! Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. You have two fights left on your Bellator contract, correct? Correct. Correct. So obviously, you want to win this one. Are you going to try? I mean, I, I remember when you first came into MMA, there was a ton of buzz, you know, one of the big prospects coming out of college and national champion, all that stuff. Are you going to try to test the waters or do you want to stick around in Bellator and try to sign a deal before you officially become a free agent? Well, you know, I never bite the hand that feeds me, and I don't want to give you no uh, no cliche answer. But I'm, I'm my bread's being buttered at Bellator. Um, you know, it's going down in the BM. I don't <laughs> mind Bellator. I don't, and and they like me too. So, you know, I'm pretty excited with everything that I have going. I want to be at the top of that division in Bellator. So I don't see myself leaving anytime soon without getting that strap. You know, I, I came into Bellator looking for that belt, and I would feel like I would wasted, you know, 10, 11, 12 matches or fights in that in, in that organization without getting that strap. So. So, you know, I'm, I'm headed for the gold, and, and that's all I can see. I, I'm focused on Georgia Karakanyan, and everything else is going to fall to the wayside because I don't get distracted too easily. Uh, recently, you changed your nickname, correct? Yeah. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Now, this is interesting because you used to be called the Highlight Kid, correct? 
That's right. That's right. Now you're, I'm a bad man. So Bubba, I'm a bad man, Jenkins. Yes. But the, yes. the, 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 the go ahead. The reason for this change is because of Muhammad Ali, correct? Absolutely, man. I, I, you know, like like most of the young black kids in America, um, you know, I wouldn't even say young, around the 20, 30 years. I mean, we grew up idolizing Muhammad Ali. And, you know, I wanted to meet Muhammad Ali when I was at Arizona State, him living out in Phoenix at the time. You know, I had a couple opportunities to meet him, but the schedules just never met up. And I was like, oh, when I get big, when I get big, I'm going to meet him. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. And his passing really uh, did something to me like it did to a lot of the people in the combat community and just in, in America in general. So um, I was thinking, man, I, I was already thinking that I wanted to get a name change. So I was thinking, man, what can I do? I was thinking Butterfly Jenkins, and I was like, nah, nah, that ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. Then I was going to think uh, Handsome Jenkins, and I was like, nah, I'm not that. But after I start watching you know, more Muhammad Ali interviews, and I'm watching Muhammad Ali all the time to just check his footwork, I was thinking, man, in memorial of Muhammad Ali can be an acronym for I am MMA, you know? So it was, I'm a bad man. And he's always like, I'm a bad man. I'm a bad man. So I M M A stands for I am MMA. And it stands for In Memorial of Muhammad Ali, Badman Jenkins. Okay, now this is a lot to, to process here because when I think of a nickname, I think of like, I mean, is, is Bubba your birth name? No, it's not. I was 11-pound baby, so I, you know, I was Bubba on day one regardless of what my name was. <laughs> okay, but isn't Bubba your nickname then? Yeah, technically. <laughs> if we want to get technical, yes, Bubba is my nickname. But I mean, I I, won't, I I can't even say that I can stick to a nickname because they call me the unicorn slayer. They call me the robust brown one. They call me the highlight kid. They call me the bad man. I mean, every other week they call me no cliche Bubba J. So, I mean, every other week I got a new nickname. So I'm just putting one down so people can actually have something to go by. But OK. And again, with the nickname, like you're at the gym right now. People aren't saying like, right. hey, I'm a bad man. What's up? How was your night? You know, good, right? Isn't that the point of a nickname? Like, 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 you know what I mean? Is again going back yeah. to Bubba. <laughs> so what? I I guess I'm trying to wrap my head around why you felt the need to change it when you're you're not really using the nickname for what it is. Right. Well, they, a lot of people do call me a bad man, so they wouldn't say, "Hey, okay. I'm a bad man." Jenkins. It would just be like, "Hey, bad man." You know, bad. It would just be like, okay. "Bad man, bad man, bad man." You Fair know? enough. But, All right. Um, a lot of it, a lot of a lot of nicknames in the sport are self-proclaimed. Yeah, uh, a lot of people giving me my nickname. So you know, th when when people call me certain nicknames, it's not one that I actually go by. And this is one that I was like, you know what? Because of Muhammad Ali, and because I'm already looking for a name change, this is one that I'll actually go by that I self-proclaim. I feel you. And by the way, Butterfly is a great name. I love Butterfly. <laughs> That's an awesome name. Well, I couldn't think. I couldn't think of like how I could make it look mean, you know what I mean? Because it's like, oh, butterfly, and then you know my boys back home from Virginia, they ain't they ain't gonna be uh they ain't gonna be too hyped about that one. Let me tell you something, Bubba the Butterfly Jenkins is money. I, I, you you're gonna get <laughs> tremendous amount of <laughs> of press and coverage and and, and and cash if you are the Butterfly. Jen I'm just saying, I don't know like if you had an executive committee yeah. come up with this nickname, but put it might on Twitter and see what they. There might be something there, my man. There might be something there. Uh, <laughs> I was throwing things to the wall, see what stuck, and it didn't stick. So, okay. you know, maybe Twitter can say differently. Fair enough. Now, um, on on um, a less lighter note, you fought the late Jordan Parsons. Uh, you beat the late Jordan yeah. Parsons not that long ago. In fact, you were his last opponent. And I was reading this. I think you did an interview with um, Bloody Elbow. Right. Amazingly, this fight is on his birthday. 
Yeah, man. Um, I had a couple of his friends reach out, and leading up to me and Jordan's fight, we were talking trash. Yeah. We had um, you know, conferences where we were both on the phone, and you know, on on the MMA podcast, MMA roasted podcast, and I mean, we were going back and forth. He called me out, I answered the call, and so there was a lot of animosity leading up to this fight. And you know, so after I got the victory, you know, it wasn't. I'm not a classless person, nor, nor do I call people out. I, I wait till someone calls me and then I respond. So after the fight, you know, he was just like, man, much respect to you you got the win i thought i was better than you i thought i was this and and i and i reciprocated that i was like you know you were a tough opponent we went all three rounds I, I i pulled out by split decision and i was excited about getting that victory and so we left it as 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 friends you know mm -hmm. even though leading up to the fight i did not like the guy we almost got in the fight twice before the fight even happened wow at the weigh-in and and we were just walking around the hotel and we actually ran into each other and honestly we had to be separated two times before the fight even happened so you know after I was hearing that he had gotten hit and run, and this is before he was dying, this is when he was in critical condition, um, I'm with Tip of Fighter. I started this organization with a friend of mine to basically help fighters make more money, you know, inside and outside of the cage to, to basically capitalize on their time that they're in the cage. So I started Tip of Fighter, and I was thinking if I can get a profile for him on my tipoffighter.com page um, so people can tip, you know, and, and help with his bills, it's just like a GoFundMe almost, but it's for combat for athletes and stuff so it was just like that but i was telling all his friends to let me know give me some information let me know what's going on with him i was calling people who were at the hospital with them because i truly truly care not only cared about jordan parsons but i care about all these other people that are in this game you know a lot of people don't realize that we're humans that you know our twitter we can say this and do that on twitter but you know we got to care about each other because we're, we're in there putting our lives at risk in a sense. So, you know, I reached out to his family, his, um, his, his, I think it was his girlfriend at the time. And, you know, she just let me know that, you know, his birthday is actually on the same night that we're fighting. Wow. And, you know, I did everything I could to basically raise money for him. And it was just a sad situation. And I, you know, I prayed for his family and, you know, it, it, it comes full circle. Cause you know, I fought him. We met up in the cage that same night and anytime, anywhere, it could have been me instead of him. So it just makes me think about it in, in that kind of co concept. Given that history, did it sort of give you chills when you found out that you were fighting on his birthday? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It wasn't something that, you know, I used to deal with death very hardly. Uh, my dad died when I was nine. I had a lot of friends die leading up while I was in high school. So in the beginning, when people would die, I would be sickened for, you know, three or four days. It was it was hard on me. But as I got older, you know, death happens. You know, as I got closer to God and knowing, you know, my spirituality levels, it, it just it, it happens. And that's something that we deal with with life. There's happiness and there's sadness. Um, so when I heard about Jordan Parsons being I was his last opponent being high. I knew I was the last person to know how good he was and how good he could be and how good he was going to become. It definitely, you know, raised the hairs on the back of my neck when I heard that, you know, one, he died. And two, the next time that I fight, uh, you know, is on his birthday. So, like, the connection between me and Jordan Parsons is undeniable. Uh, I'm not sure what it is. Uh, the fire that we had leading up to the fight, the friendship that we had after it, the death, me trying to do a tip of fighter for him and the fight and the and to find out that I'm fighting on his birthday. I mean, there's just a connection there that is, you know, it's just crazy. But, you know, I, I definitely want to stay focused on the fight. But I, I'm definitely, after my fight, after I get this win, if I do get the interview, I definitely will be shouting out his family and the fact that people need to remember him for the, the great athlete that he was and the good person that he was. Um, tip a fighter, by the way, how is that doing? Do you find that a lot of people go to the site and, and do tip the fighters? 
absolutely, man. It's doing great. I'm, I'm excited about, you know, what it stands for. And, and I think it needs to be a little bit bigger later down the line. I don't think people really realize how much the fighters are, are lacking as far as compensation. And when it comes to, you know, really helping other fighters, helping the community, helping us as a unit, um, together, you know, not saying unionized, but I'm just saying really getting a situation where we all can help each other inside and out the cage. I think it's doing great, man. And I think the more people who understand the concept, the the bigger it will become. You know, I think some people are, are misled on the education of the concept. It's simply these fighters go out there, they have a good time. You guys go to the bar, you tip the waiter, you tip the waitress, you tip the, the taxi driver, and the fighters are giving it all out there. And, you know, it's just like showing your appreciation for that hoorah moment, showing your appreciation for when you win. And, you know, you put a bet down on these fighters, you win $3,000. It's like going to, you know, tipperfighter.com and say, man, you won me $3,000 and you was losing. I thought I was going to lose $1,000. Here's my appreciation. It's just basically a platform for people to show their appreciation for us fighters. Now, can I tip any fighter out there or do they have to have a profile on the, on the site first? They have to be on our roster, but what we ask for is that people who are fans of Tipper Fighter or people who want to tip, they just hit up those guys on Twitter. Everybody's reachable now, so we hit up everybody on Twitter and say, hey, we want you to be with Tipper Fighter. I know plenty of people who have come to the Tipper Fighter page and was looking to give money away to fighters who are not with us. I know that there was a guy, I'm not going to say his name, but he lost a fight that everyone thought he won. You know, it happened in the UFC. Everybody thought he won this fight, and there were so many people hitting me up like, hey, how can I tip this guy? I thought that was a bullcrap call. I think he won the fight. I think he won the fight. So it was like, hey, man, I hit him up. And I was like, bro, you, you probably missed out on a good $3,000, $4,000. So many people wanted to tip you because you got cheated in the cage. And it's really tipping for any reason. You can tip for not getting choked out. You can tip for yeah. doing something that they've never seen. It's just an amazing platform. And I think people just need to be more educated about wow. it. So they have to be on the roster. They have to have a profile on our page. They can just contact us, and we'll put them up there. It, it costs them nothing to be a part of. I mean, it, I, I don't ask them for anything, but the say, yeah, I want to be with Tipper Fighter, and that's it. What about tipping reporters? Is there any... No, I'm just joking. I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> we'll set you up. <laughs> uh, uh, by the way, you, you were talking about the finance stuff. We were just speaking to Benson Henderson about this. Um, do, you, do, you, do you support the idea of an association? As you know, this has gained a lot of steam, slash union, that type of thing. Do you, do you want to see this happen in MMA? Absolutely. Um, it's hard to have uniforms and things like that that had the word union in it and actually not have a union. You know, it's a little bit it's a little bit as a fighter, you know, you don't want to say anything that makes you become on the outside of the cage. But now that it's getting so much steam, I always felt that us fighters need to stick together. Us fighters need to say, hey, man, you know, we're we're that's the UFC just sold for four billion dollars. Viacom's got crazy money in the Bellator. So, you know, it's 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 smart for them to keep it where it's at you know if if i was one of the owners i would be like hush hush i don't want you guys talking about it but as a fighter you know i want to get us together and say hey let's sit down you know they got a players um association in the nba where you know they come together and they agree on things same thing with baseball and football all the major sports and i do truly believe mma is a major sport and it's one of the fastest growing sports um with them bringing uniforms involved in it you know i think that it was obvious that we need to come together and have some kind of union when there's uniforms involved. <laughs> so, you know, I think, I think it just makes it obvious that it's coming. Um, the people who speak up in the beginning who aren't big names probably would get some backlash. But, you know, I think the more 
press and the more people who back it will well it will definitely happen it just it's just gonna take some due time you know and i think the quicker we we talk about it the more we talk about it the more big name guys get on there on your show and and, and promote it a little bit more then the more traction and people will be like you know what that's an interesting concept you know there's some people without fighter insurance there's some people without you know a, a fair compensation there's some there's two guys fighting for the same title fighting for the same thing and they're getting paid lopsidedly you know yeah. it, it really is about the community of fighters who need to stick together and i think it takes one big fighter to say you know what i know i'm on the main card i know i'm uh, you know i know everyone's waiting for this fight but i'm pulling out and i'm not going to fight until they get something where we all can be equally compensated because i think I, you know, I don't know numbers seriously, but I know about three, four, five percent of the big name guys are really the only ones in MMA really getting paid. Everybody else is getting crumbs. So it takes those guys to say, "Hey, you know what? I, I am my brother's keeper. I am my fighter's keeper, and you know, I, I want everybody to get paid equally." Wow, well said. Um, have you been told by Bellator that if you win this fight, you will get a title shot? No, uh, I, I haven't talked title shots with them. Um, I, I don't really, I don't really talk about or look into what Bellator is going to do with me. I really focus on what I have to do. You know, what I, my, my steps. I know that I, I'm no cliche, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't like. <laughs> I don't like to have those cliche answers, but honestly, I, I focus on what I do because I don't put my trust in man. You know, world didn't the world didn't give me my peace, and the world can't take my peace away. So if I start trusting in man and thinking that they're going to do this and they're going to say this and they're going to say that, and then they don't, then that starts to distract me from my main goal. And as long as I continue to win and continue to be Bubba J, continue la lacing these interviews with some incredible elocution, then uh, I'm going to do what I got to do. <laughs> uh, Bubba. Well, great to have you on the show my man all the best to you great debut i look forward to it august 26th um let me add to the chorus and also say that you should be on the main card i mean you and georgie alone that, that's great your first fight was great i mean it, it's it's a bit of a head scratcher but if they ran out of time or you know they've got names like isn't your boy aj mckee on the card as well absolutely, what's up absolutely. with that he's fighting uh, uh a tough opponent in hearing Corrales. We got a couple people from Body Shop on that on that card. Take him out. You Take him out. Take his spot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. You know, I, I I don't do any of that. I focus on me, baby. Let everything else fall where it's laid. If it's the good road, it's the narrow road. So that's the road that's traveled alone. So I'm gonna just do that. What a pleasure. Great stuff, Bubba. I appreciate it. I'll be watching on Spike.com on Friday, August 26th. The return of Bubba Jenkins. Really appreciate the time, my man. All the best to you. Thank you, my man. I appreciate you for having me on. Next time you need someone to fill in a couple, five, ten minutes, I got you, son. All right. Thank you very much. There he is, Bubba Jenkins, uh, one of the top stars in Bellator's featherweight division. He is fighting on the main card, excuse me, the prelims, wants to be on the main card, has made that very much known and deserves to be on the main card, especially against someone like Georgie, but them's the breaks and he is making the most of his opportunity. Okay. Uh, Mr. New York Rick? Hello. Any final thoughts? Anything else you want to say? Any um, other contradictory statements? <laughs> trollish remarks? Excuse me, sir. How about Bubba Jenkins? Great character, I think, huh? I think he's, uh, he's climbing up my rankings with one appearance. Yeah, um, he's great. He said it was, uh, you know, I don't know if I'm getting the exact quote here, but he said it was a lifelong dream of his to appear on this program. You see, some people take it for granted. The... Just trying to see if there was a follow-up to that. No, that was it. <laughs> um, the uh, the bit about elocution, A+. plus. Bub Bubba gets re really high grades for that one. Did the stream die? Is that what's happening here? No. It appears like as, as, as 
I mean, what's the point, right? The stream is alive. It's not alive. It's dead. Someone hacked us. You know who it probably was? The people who put WWE them on WWE fans. Or them. No, I was going to say the people who put them on the prelims. <laughs> uh, anything else that we need to talk about? That's it. That's it. Wow. We're done. Uh, Uncle Creepy is back. He's fighting September 10th against Ray Borg. Melvin Gillard was suspended for a year for a non-PD. Stop me if you want to weigh in on any of these. Uh, Chris Cyborg is back. What a what strange you, fight yeah, that what, is. What, how, what do you feel about that fight? It's bizarre. Is, is it weird that she would be fighting somebody who is relatively unknown when there's so yes. many names out there <laughs> for her? That's exactly it. Um, yeah, I don't get it either. I really, I'm not sure. I'm sure there, there was, there's some reason. I almost feel like, does it really even help Chris at this point to, to fight her? This is like a fight that she would get in Invicta. I, I mean, Megan Anderson, I think, is more worthy and, and probably a, a better fight. I mentioned that and people said, oh, don't push her too quickly. She's not ready. And I guess that's, that's a valid argument, but she's a bigger name. You know what I mean? Like, like, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm not taking anything away from Landsberg, but she's just, she just wasn't on the radar. I mean, I feel like there's enough women at 135 in the UFC who would have gone up to 140 or even 145. And this idea again of having her fight at 140 makes no sense. It's not a real division. Like, what are you trying to prove? Yeah. It is it is a weird booking. It almost um, feels cruel to me. It like like you saw the way she looked, right? I mean, obviously she's agreeing to the fight, so it's not like she's being forced to do it. But I don't know. Okay, how about this? There is one more thing. Okay. MMA is an Olympic sport. Will it ever happen? Oh, that's it. That's the question. Yeah. Um, not in our lifetime. You see how wow. hard. Our lifetime is a long time. Well, I don't know. That's quite a few Olympics. Wait, wait a minute. <laughs> with this, wait a minute. Let us not go with this death thing again. Um, well, first of all, it's every four years. You see how hard... I mean, baseball just got back in. That was yeah. out. Uh, karate just got in. Jiu-jitsu's not even in. I don't know. There's, there isn't an infrastructure. There isn't an amateur system in place. Uh, I don't think that the promoters would want the fighters to go and devote four years. They'd rather them, you know, like the Ed Ruths of the world and the Ed Picos, like it just, it doesn't mesh with wrestling. It would, we wouldn't see the best. I just can't see it happening. I really can't. Let's say it did happen. Let's say overnight, let's say next Olympic. No, let's say this Olympics right now. It was happening. Yeah. What is the dream team? for MMA. Actually, that doesn't... You know what? If it was there, Olympics, it would have to be US Dream Team yeah. versus Brazil Dream Team versus... No, the, you can't have Dream Team because if it's like boxing, it would have to be amateurs. Yeah, I guess you're right. Well, maybe it's not like boxing. Maybe it's like basketball where, no way. where they you, do professionals. You think that the UFC would allow the George St. Pierre's and the Conor McGregor's of the world just go fight for free and them not make well, any you, money off you it? You say this like the, the guys who are making quadruple and 10 times as much as they make in the NBA are not doing it. Yeah, like, because well first of all they're not getting punched in the face and risking injury like they, they are, are risking in, injury every oh, time they it. go out there. Um it's Did not it, the wait, same. Am I yes, wrong? I know Did Paul, Paul George, George not Yes, I know, but that's not take like them playing in the Olympics, them playing in the Olympics doesn't take away from them playing in the NBA regular season. This is why um the baseball players in the Summer Olympics aren't, you know, MLB is not letting the baseball players go. Um, because they're not get, they're not going to risk you know the Josh Donaldsons of the world going over 
overseas and not playing for the Blue Jays for two weeks, two plus weeks, or even yeah. more to practice, it's not going to happen. I feel like that might be short-sighted because the exposure that you have by making this an Olympic sport and your athletes no being on that chance. stage There's, is I mean, way bigger the, the than UFC missing them for one UFC fight. won't even allow guys to go and do grappling things sometimes. Because like that's not, yeah, you're, you're making the wrong comparison because the, these grappling things are not going to raise their profile. Well, Being cares? part of what do, you, what do you mean? Who cares? Being part of the Olympics, having yeah. your stars on the Olympic stage, you're comparing to going to do like a grappling tournament. Like a grappling Morris? tournament is much less, um, much less risk. There's hardly any and risk much involved. less reward. Zero reward versus. They, trust me. Did you just start listening to the sport? Like following the sport did you start paying attention you really think that the ufc is going to say all right guys you can go spend i mean how long are they going to have to compete to properly perform in the olympics like how long are they going to train for like what four five six months we're going to take you off our roster we're not going to capitalize off you we're not going to sell pay-per-views off of you you could go out there and we're going to make zero money off of this for that four or five for one fight yes for one fight and by the way with the reward even be one fight how could it be what one fight? How could it be one fight? How are you going to crown a winner in the Olympics if there's just one fight? There has to be a tournament. So maybe a tournament, but either way, what the, do you mean? The UFC, so now they're going to allow no, these guys saying, to fight three, four say, times in the span of two weeks? You're saying the UFC is losing multiple fights. They're not. They're losing that one fight. They can't use them for that four or five months, which is how no. long they would take to four turn five around months anyway. Four four or five months after. No. What do you mean no? That's too long. You're, you're, you're making this way longer. The turnaround time. If you're going to try to win a gold medal in the Olympics... You're going to have to fight at least three times. Yeah, but the turnaround time is not going to be as long as you're saying. What do you, you mean? Could you imagine someone fighting three times? Do you think he's going to come back two months later? What, what kind of concussions are you advocating for? You're, you're predicting doom and gloom and injuries and all this stuff. I'm not. You're living in a fanti, uh, fantasy world. Also, you're, the, the UFC, if they, dis, if they made this decision and sacrificed one pay-per-view for long-term gain of having somebody on an Olympic stage... I think that that's worth it, and I think it's something they consider. It's not. Is it? Is it a guarantee? No, not by any means. I don't. I don't think it's. But you it's are even ignoring likely. the fact that they have to win three to four fights at least in order to win a gold medal. So why else are they going to do it? They're going to have to compete. Are they going to? Or compete? maybe they headgear. Maybe they oh, headgear. Oh God, jeez! What an exhilarating experience that will be. Let's watch guys. And first of all, how are you going to submit a guy wearing headgear? What do you mean? How are you going to submit a guy? What? Oh, like wrestling head? I was thinking like the headgear that they wear in boxing. The big ass thing. You can't, Even you can't that. Get, you can't get a guy in a, in, a, in a guillotine wearing that. Maybe not, but you can still do arm locks. You can still do leg locks. Look. It's whack. You see, now you're just, you're, compl- you're being you're just criticizing. You're being difficult. You're being a contrarian right now. It's, Me? It's sometimes I'm, propo- very- I'm proposing that no. this be put forward. You're being contrarian. No, I'm being a realist. The UFC, in a million years, the UFC, I can't even believe we're actually arguing this. In a million years, the UFC is not going to let its biggest stars. Yeah, Ronda Rousey, great. We would love for you to go compete on NBC. Oh, and by the way, how's Fox going to feel about this? Fox, who pays 100 plus million a year and they don't even get the big fights. So let me talk about that, but they're going to be like, okay, great. Ron Rossi, you're going to go compete on NBC. We're not going to make a dime off of this. This you're one gonna, time. Yeah. This one, make time, a dime. this one time. What do you mean? Why, why, why can't it be three, four Olympics? This is Carmelo Anthony's third right, or fourth. But the, all there's you're, the opportunity cost. What they're sacrificing is not using her on pay-per-view one time. What they're gaining is Ronda Rossi it's fighting a, in front of millions. It's a year. If the, if she's going to go and try to fight for a gold, 
it's a year that she's missing. It's the buildup. It's the aftermath. So it's so the media tour. How about tour. not sending Ronda Rousey? How about sending somebody from the bottom of the roster? Somebody who may not have a fight booked anyway. Okay, like we're gonna send Darren Elkins. Yeah. Great. Why not? Okay, then why don't boxers do it? If you've got it all figured out. I do. I, I, why? I don't follow boxing. I don't know why boxers wouldn't do it. But I could imagine that because the exposure. Because they want to make money. Yeah, I can imagine that the exposure is worth some kind of risk. I have to imagine that it's not a no, this is a completely ridiculous scenario. If, the, if, the, if tomorrow the Olympic Committee said, we can have MMA uh, in the Olympics, we'll work with you on how this happens, what level of athlete, you know, what rule set, what, what protection, I have to think that they'd consider it rather than going no. The we only can't way have Ronda Rousey like out for the a year. IMMAF, which is amateur. And, you know, they do that tournament during International Fight Week and others here and there. That's the only way it could work. I guess that could work, but those guys are amateurs. They're not pros. Yeah. There's literally no chance in hell. I, I feel very confident in saying that. In our lifetime, as MMA currently stands and is structured, there is absolutely zero chance of seeing pro MMA fighters in the Olympics. I will go out on a limb and say, as MMA is structured today, there is absolutely zero chance, and it is almost a futile mission to even argue for the chance that they will compete in the Olympics. There's no way, unless you're just trying to be a contrarian, which I can understand and appreciate. No. But you know there's no way. There's I, absolutely no way. I, I, would not, I would not think it's likely. Definitely not. But I do think... It's less than likely. I think there's... Of course there's a chance. No think, chance. Zero yeah, chance. I don't know. Have you not met MMA promoters? Do you not realize that they are in the business of making money? Yes, and th- also thinking long-term rather than just short-term. If you've got this amazing entity that you make money off of, you are not going to share it with someone else and by doing that, not benefiting. They, it it just doesn't you, make you any sense. You keep saying not benefiting, but they will benefit. In the long-term, they the, will benefit greatly. They, they, they will say, you know what? Let, let us benefit over here. Yeah, great idea putting these people on NBC, having the Olympic you know, movement behind them. Uh, we'll, we'll just keep them over here and capitalize off of their efforts. That, that's fantasy world. It's a nice idea. It would be awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, th- th- that's really like the sport that we all dream of. Anyone can fight anyone. Oh, great. You know, uh, Michael Chandler will be in a bracket alongside yeah, Khabib awesome. Nurmagomedov. It would be super cool. There's literally no chance of it ever happening. I think Amateurs, I think that may be accurate, but I think your reason for why is not. I, I think. What do you mean? The 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 long term gain is something that I think a smart promoter would recognize. No. You're you're saying oh they they can't capitalize on it, but you're wrong. They can. They can't now. They can't do it at that moment because they're giving their their athlete to the Olympics at that time and they can't put them on pay per view. But long-term, their star will be brighter than ever. They competed in the Olympics and won a gold medal. You're also forgetting the fact that the Olympic MMA fights would not get primetime treatment, just like the boxing now matches. Now, that, that's a very getting, good point, because um, they may not. The, they're showing, they may be on the watch, stream. Yeah, yeah. You're watching swimming at night. You're watching gymnastics. You're watching running. Um, even the basketball stuff, yeah. the early stuff is on NBCSN or some other channel. They're not putting MMA in prime time. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a pretty so good point. They probably put like one fight total. Maybe. If, if even. I don't think one boxing match will be in prime yeah, time. Yeah, you're right. That, that, is a, that is a huge sacrifice. You're right about that. So can you finally concede that this is dumb? 
I th- no, I will not concede <laughs> that it's dumb. I think it's very unlikely. I think you've ma- you've made some really really well, valid you. points that I'm I don't think it will happen. But I do think that if there's a way to make it happen, I can guarantee you they will. I do think that they would pursue it. Who? The IOC, the Olympic Committee, the the uh, the MMA promoters, the organizations themselves. If there was a way to make this happen, I I am very very confident that they would try to. Zero chance. I don't know. Absolutely zero. I've never been more sure of anything in my life. Well, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Wait, last one. Last one. One more. One more. CM Punk, Road to the Octagon. Oh, yes. They've been filming that. Yes. Um, Do you have any idea when that's coming out? Yes. Okay. Hit me. Hit me with your best. I'm looking it up. Just one second. (laughs) Come on and hit me with your best shot. And are you going to do a sit down with Mr. Punk? I can't divulge such sensitive information august 15th is what i'm told on fs1 boom um multiple parts series they've been filming him for like was it two years almost almost two years now right um and i'm excited i will say this about mr cm punk according to good sources you know there was some talk early on that it wasn't going well and you know he was having a hard time transitioning of course he was picking up a brand new sport one that he didn't have a, a, a an extensive background in. I am told that a lot of eyebrows are being raised, and and, and this is not coming from him. This is not coming. I'm, I have no dog in this race, but I'm being told that he has turned the corner. That eyebrows are being raised. And I know people are going to scoff at this, and they're going to say, "Oh yeah, right, yeah, right." That's all I'm going to say. I mean, you do anything for almost two years, and I know there have been setbacks. You're going to get better at it. You would think. Now I don't know what's going to happen. But I, I'm being told that the guy who started off isn't the guy who's currently training in the gym. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's encouraging. Yeah. I mean, I'm, look, I was, you know, people are going to be interested in this no matter what. And I think that even even that, the people who wanted him to fail from the start are the same people who are, wanted, are wanting him to fail now. Um, but uh, it is encouraging to hear that, you know, we're, we're at least getting a, a closer to finished product. Um I'm excited about it. I, I hope it happens. And, uh, you know, I, I, I like Mickey Gall a lot. And, of course, yeah. you know, I have an affinity for, for CM Punk. I did think of him yesterday, tying this whole thing back together. I mean, here's a guy who has been publicly mocked, who, who people have tried to say, you know, he's just in it for the notoriety, for the publicity stunt, et cetera, et cetera, who has stopped short a very lucrative career to go out and put his neck out there and expose himself potentially and, Potentially get embarrassed, get beat up, knocked out. A whole host of bad things can happen. Here's a guy who really put his money where his mouth is. He has not been paid over the last, you know, year plus for his training, for his, you know, his troubles. Uh, and and meanwhile, you have other people going on Twitter and, 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 and trying to pick a fight with Conor McGregor. Do you see the difference there? Do you see why I have a ton of respect for CM Punk? He's the real deal. I mean, the guy went out there at an older age, beat up, and said, I'm done with this, and I want to do the real stuff. He's not resorting to third-grade insults on social media. There's a big difference there, and that's why I have a lot of respect for the guy. And I hope and, it, and Brock, too. And Brock when, also did this. Absolutely. But, although you know, it's been marred. Sure. Um, no, no doubt about it. And win or lose, in my opinion, CM Punk is a winner. Um, I, you know, people could get worked up about his comments about title shots, all this stuff. Win or lose, if he goes into that cage and fights Mickey Gall, which, by the way, is a very tough fight for him, and the odds would um, would represent that. To me, this guy is someone that you can call a winner, because you know, 
forget about whether he deserves it forget about whether or not you know the UFC made him all that stuff the guy stepping into a cage in front of millions of people who are hoping that he fails who have publicly berated him and all that stuff and actually put his money where his mouth is went through the training camp went through the surgery all that stuff and is fighting a younger hungry fight I mean there's a lot to respect there and there's a lot to there's a lot to be uh, you know to, to be impressed by there And uh, I think that really ties in everything that we were talking about. All right, we are done. That's it. That's it. That's it. Stream is back. That's good news. Lost all our viewers, but no, no. Poor Bubba Jenkins gets bumped, and then he gets bumped again. We will get. I can't buy a break. We will get not only a clip on MMA fighting. We will get the full show back on YouTube. Every everybody will be able to see Bubba Jenkins. Audio will come out. Everything like usual. Look for it at the the usual spots. I will say this: the audio is coming out a lot quicker, so I appreciate that. You're welcome. Thank you for the love on iTunes, the uh, the ratings, the comments, the downloads, all that and more. We appreciate it greatly. You can hit my music. I have to get home because there is a fantastic uh, water polo match that I have to get to tonight. I cannot wait for it. Just kidding. But if there is one, I will be watching it because I enjoy it immensely. There's nothing like the Olympic Games. I got to cover them in 2010 for the late great fan house. Those were the Winter Olympics, which Canada killed, gold medal, all that stuff. That was one of the greatest experiences of my career. And I am somewhat jealous of Guilherme and some other friends that are over there. I mean, not to say that I want to be over there, but it's just, it's a fun time. It it reminds you why you love athletics, sports, the pageantry. When I competed in the Maccabi Games in 1999, Pan-American Maccabi Games, I got to represent my country. Much smaller stage, no doubt about that, but it's cool. And yes, I know the Olympics are very controversial and corrupt and all that stuff, but in a vacuum, it is fun to watch. Anyhow, uh, let us say goodbye. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much for tuning in. Uh, Whether you watched it live or after the fact, we appreciate you greatly. Thank you very much to one Dan Henderson for stopping by. Good luck to him on October 8th. Thank you very much to Alistair Overeem for stopping by as well. Yes, you were tardy, but you showed up and that's all that matters. Thank you very much to the great Chris Weidman. Good luck to him as he prepares for UFC's debut in Madison Square Garden. Thank you very much to Emil Mech. Appreciate his time. Benson Henderson, the great Mirko Krokop. Best of luck to him September 25th. And Bubba Jenkins, good luck to you and Benson Henderson on August 26th. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace.